It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good morning.
Good morning. Good morning. <laughs> you caught me before I fell asleep. I was like, oh, I'll get on here before I fall asleep. <laughs> you was like, bad girl, bad girl. I understand. I understand. I'm a sexual sex message. Like, you know what? <laughs> <clears throat> but I'm not gonna start that. I'm not gonna start that. You know, this is real easy for me to do. So here I is. Good morning, good morning, <laughs> Are you doing the um? Are you doing the prayer call tomorrow? Um. Okay. Well, I'm just asking because um, he won't be back tomorrow. He comes back tomorrow, but he won't be back, like, in the morning. Oh. Um, okay. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. Yes. Uh, uh, yeah. My problem. I could do that. Okay. Um. Yeah, he. I don't even think he thought about Tuesday. He remembers Sunday, but he didn't think about Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. I I could do it tomorrow. That's no problem. I just have to. <clears throat> okay. That's <laughs> it. I gotta take myself to bed so I can get up. Cause I've been like I've been I've been off in my sleep and so uh, everything is off. Everything is off. So, um, but yeah, I'll I'll do it tomorrow. No problem. Okay, okay. And he usually starts that at what time? Huh? And that prayer starts at six thirty. Six o'clock. Well, technically it starts at six. There have been, you know, but sometimes he oversleeps as well. At um, uh, it, it will start at um, you know, sometimes at six thirty, sometimes at a quarter to seven. Because um, I think the, the only one that's consistently on that early in the morning with him is like Arthur. Um. Because, you know, it would be like while Arthur's on his way to work. Um, okay. So, but that's why um, the 6 o'clock hour, he usually um, it's plays the um, TV pack. Yeah. And for some reason, y'all can't hear my stuff, so it don't make any, it won't, it won't work for me to get up that early. And I won't be able to play the the church things, the church, you know, the way he does, but I could do everything else. So. So what do you you think you might start it like at 7? I mean, I'll get up to do, I'll get up and see if, and see if Arthur or anyone else is on. Um. But, yeah, I mean, as far as, like, needing to do any kind of recording or anything like that, that could hold off until seven. 
that the whole house is just traveling. Okay. Um, so, okay, because I'm not going to be, um, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm not going to be, like, doing his reading, like, from his book or anything. I mean, we might do a discussion, but not, you know, from his book, so we don't have it. So that's fine. Okay. Okie dokie. Oh, my goodness. Um, okay, I'm trying to get myself together as well, girl. <laughs> I understand. Oh, uh, <laughs> I, I, I set up the double alarm because I fell asleep. I think a little after midnight, and then I woke up at 4.30. And so, you know, I had to go around, turn out the lights and, you know, and all that type of stuff. And then I get back in the bed. And so now, of course, my mind is like racing, so I can't go back to sleep. So it's almost like 6 o'clock before I go back to sleep again. And um, so I set the alarm on the on the clock and on the phone. And um, and so when they went, when they went off, I'm like, okay, you got to stay awake, got to stay awake, got to stay awake. <laughs> so, but I'm laying here, and I'm like, don't fall, don't fall asleep. Ooh, excuse me. Good morning. Good morning. I'm sorry. I've been listening. <laughs> when she yawned, I had yawn. <laughs> oh, hey, Miss Nessa, how are you? I'm good. How are you guys doing? We trying to stay awake. Don't I know? <laughs> and it's an overcast too. Oh, that's yeah, like a double whammy, right? Yeah, you definitely stay awake. You driving? I know, exactly. right? <laughs> no, late, no, late. Your head back on the headrest, like Ooh, okay, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yes. We we at home. Um, if, if we fall asleep, we only in danger of dropping our phone. Okay. <laughs> All right. I'm focused. I'm focused. I'm focused. Okay. <laughs> oh my goodness. Long time ago. Here, how you been, ma'am? I'm good. I'm good. I'm much better than I was two weeks ago and last week. So, I'm just. Go keep praying and, and keep being positive. There you go. Can hear it all in your voice. Check this out. Check this out. Uh, remember the gentleman with the motorcycle accident, Lisa? That's Felicia. Felicia. Okay. Remember, um, I was telling y'all, I don't know if Felicia was on the call then, but... Um, there was a gentleman I was I had told everybody about and they prayed about that was uh, in a motorcycle accident. I had just had lunch with him that Friday. He's in ICU, um, broke his neck, had surgery, on and on. So we kept trying to figure out what was taking his boss so long to send out an email to the rest of the office because certain people, certain ones of us knew about it. Long story short. The managing partner of the office got when that something happened to Charles. She set up a GoFund account for him. HR did under her instruction. It op- she sent out the email around 10 Friday. By the time I left work at 530, 
he already had over ten thousand dollars. That's how much okay. he's loved. Okay. There you go. Wow. Exactly. Exactly. Mhm. Wow. Yeah. You so he's law firm, right? Accounting. Okay. Uh, but yeah. accounting department in a law firm. No, I work for. Uh, get a hold of this. I work for the accounting firm that jacked up the Oscars. Oh, <laughs> uh, I work for funny. Price Waterhouse Coopers, and then the next morning we get this long statement about what what's appropriate from our press person to say when people ask us about it. What? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no comment. Keep it moving. Yeah. I said, how about the truth? I didn't watch it. How about that? <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah. Wow. <sighs> How's your eye doing? My aunt is doing great. I spoke with her yesterday, and uh, she sounded like her normal self. I didn't make it by there this week, but I told her, uh, well, last week, but I told her I'd be by there this week. And uh, she's doing great. She has five. Today is her last uh, five-hour chemo, and she has about three more radiations. But the doctor said, from what he can tell, that that tumor is gone. The cancer is gone. Oh, wow. Praise God. Yeah. Yeah. How's your mom? Mom's doing great. Mom's mom mom's relieved was relieved to be back at home. So she uh she's like I'm I'm back in my element now, but she says she'll be back next week to stay with her about three or four days. Okay. Yeah. Okay. But she's doing great. As a matter of fact, here's what's funny. All week long she's been at the gym. She goes normally. But um, she said last week and the week before she was really doing the treadmill so she could be ready for her treadmill stress test this morning. <laughs> She's funny. Hey, whatever works. Yeah. Yeah. So, yes, ma'am. When they get a certain age, they are so funny. <laughs> Oh, yeah. You know. All you can do is look at him and shake your head like, all right. <laughs> I mean, really. She, she cracks me up. That's your be... copper. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, so she told me, what'd she say? I'm going to make my visits now because late April, I'll be out of pocket. I'll be in Myrtle Beach. I said, okay then, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> you go, you go on the Myrtle Beach and you have fun. <laughs> she tried to get her beach body together. Your mom is fast. Yeah, she is. She'll be eighty-two in May. And <laughs> yeah, I told you one time. Uh, she was like, "Y'all gonna have to figure out what y'all gonna do for Thanksgiving because I'm going to see my little friend." I'm like, "Your little friend." <laughs> <laughs> Friend, <laughs> she down. She flew. He flew her down to Florida. She went to see her little friend. 
All but right. then her little, her little friend has passed, and before he passed, she dumped him because she said, you know, he come to my house. He loves me, and I'll let you know, uh-uh. She said, I just want to have a little fun. I'm, I'm, you know, uh-uh. I was married to your daddy for 40 years before you passed, and I just want to do me. I said, okay. Oh, my girl. What you say? Uh-uh. I just, I'm just trying to play the field. I ain't trying to yeah. get She cracked me up. Then there was the one. Every time I talked to him, somebody dying or somebody sick, and I just can't. I said, well, I'm on. She's like, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't need all that negativity in my life. <laughs> and, and these are men that are like 10 years younger than her because she doesn't look her age. Oh. <laughs> like, ah, uh-uh, you got to come on with it, but I ain't trying to get serious. I mean, really, she just, she cracks me up, though. She really is funny. Oh, that is but I the bad one. And I would, this would be the last one. The best one was, this. his name was Tiny. Of course, you know, they call Big Me and Tiny. So right. anyway, she said, we were sitting on the sofa, listening to music, watching TV, and she said, his hand went up went up on my skirt. And she said, I busted out laughing because she said, mm-hmm, you didn't know that girl, that long line girdle was there, did Oh. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. She cracked me oh, up. Lord have mercy. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that, that, that's like, people don't be liking to hang around like older people. It's like they yeah. are so funny. They are. Oh, my goodness. They are funny. <laughs> they really are. My mom will. She'll have you laughing. Oh, Lord have mercy. Oh, my goodness. Oh. My best friend in high school, her grandfather, he used to, he used to have the best dirty jokes. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and they wouldn't be, they wouldn't be like raunchy dirty. They'd be, you know, when right. you think about it, dirty. You'd be like, oh, mm-hmm. hell, man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, buddy. Yeah, buddy. And then they said with such a dead pair of face. You know, okay. was that a joke? Right. Oh, no, he, just, he would be animated with his. Oh my gosh, that is funny to me. He used I'm to have telling those little ditties. He'd be like, you know, like singing his jokes. Mm. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. Mm, 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 mm. Yes, ma'am. Yes, sir. <clears throat> well, how are you guys doing today? Everybody good? So far. Yeah, you're right. So far. (laughs) Oh, don't do that. Oh, no. Everything is good. You're funny. That made Mm -hmm. my morning. That made Uh my So is is it it's eight o'clock there, right? Yeah, like five minutes till. Yeah, okay, it's five minutes to nine here, okay. Yeah. I'm starting to adjust to the time change. How about you guys? Finally. Uh uh-uh. oh. That never really bothers me. Oh it okay, that's good. Mm-mm. I mean, probably because my sleeping is so is so off kilter right now. Anyway, okay, uh, that that really doesn't 
But then you know what? Even before the the, the um the change in time, as long as I remember to change the clock, I'm usually good. Okay. I'm liking the longer days, though. I am liking oh, that. Oh, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I hate the time change. I'm like, leave it alone. And then the fact that some states have opted out mm-hmm. of doing the time change, I'm like, how is that going to work in the long run? Oh, see, I didn't even know that. You just educated me. I didn't even know that was, that you could do that. Yeah, some states have said that they're, I guess, like starting this year or mm-hmm. starting next year. However, okay. They're not going to do all of that change in the time and everything because they were like, it really doesn't affect anything for them. Okay. So they're like, no, nah, we'll stick with just one, and that's it. So I'm like, huh. yeah. I wonder if that's more so on the West Coast. Right. Yeah, I can see it. But yeah. Yeah, I can see that. Because I think that there were some states that didn't do it even before. Um, states that, you know, are like two hours behind us, like a certain time of year, they'd only be like one hour behind us. I, right. I, I, I kind of remember that, but I can't remember like which which states it, it was or whatever. Mm-hmm. And see, the West Coast, they're three hours behind us here. Right, yeah. Because uh-huh. like you're on the East Coast time. Eastern. Um, uh-huh. But I could see them not necessarily, I mean, because they don't have the, the change in seasons like we do. Exactly. And then oh, where is it? Alaska that gets thirty thirty days of darkness. It probably, you know what I'm saying? That would be too depressing. Wouldn't that be depressing? That would just be too depressing. Like, oh my goodness. Hey, thirty oh. days of darkness. And there's somewhere to get thirty days of light too now. That would be confusing. That's I can't really remember happy. where. I remember watching a movie about it. But I think I want to say that was Alaska too, or somewhere like that. Yeah, it's hmm. Alaska. They have it. They yeah. have it where they get um, it's it's thirty and thirty. Okay. Six months each, or something like that. It's crazy what though. They do what they do is that's when they have blackout curtains. Mm-hmm. They have the blackout curtains for when it happens like that. And I'm like, they're used to that? Uh-uh. I know, right? But, I mean, they said the money is good. So yeah. I'm like, hey. I was like, hmm. If I could, and they said, that I, at, at one time I even thought about moving to Alaska. I'm like, uh, I'm good. Exactly. Oh, my, like, uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> it's, um... That that just seems like too remote. First of all, too cold, too remote, mm-hmm. too many wild animals. Um, yep. You know, <laughs> not enough, not enough black men. Mm-mm. There you go. <laughs> not enough black people. <laughs> uh uh-uh. uh. No. Well, I'm, I'm, at work. Work. I'm at work on time. I shouldn't be celebrating that. Why is that? That should be the norm. 
It is. Yeah. All right, my ladies. Y'all have a great day. Okay. Okay. I'll catch up with you, Lisa. Mm. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, but see, I, I, I mean, I can be friends with just about anyone, but from a romantic standpoint, I want a brother. Um, and <laughs> I'm just being real. Um, like, no, that's mm-mm. trying to live that. That would kind of, like, freak me out. Like, I don't know what the heck kind of crazy stuff I could be getting into. <laughs> I don't know what type of practices they got up there in Alaska. Okay. I mean, it's, oh. And who going to come visit you? Nobody. Okay. You talking about you live where? <laughs> Girl, send me a picture. You can Snapchat. There you go. Send me a picture. Be like, oh, that's pretty. Mm. Enjoy. <laughs> Shoot, I can barely get any. Can't get nobody to visit me out here in Chicago Heights, let alone come all the way. Alaska? Yeah, I had that problem when I lived in Aurora, too. Aurora, all the way out there? And these are people that will get in their car and drive like 8, 12, 14 hours to go down south. Mm-hmm. Drive an hour to Aurora. Like, y'all know what? Get away from me. <laughs> my friend that lived in, in Richland Park, she had came out to my house one time. Now, she lived five minutes off the expressway. I lived five minutes off the expressway. And so it was, so once you got on the expressway, it was just all expressway driving. And so when she got to my house, she called her husband and let her know that she made it. She's like, Pam, they're on the other side of the state. It's a, it's a, to get here. And he told her, he said, well, you live on the other side of the state to her too. <laughs> Girl, it's something. It's like it's not really that far. It's really not that far. I mean, you know, I mean, it is out there, but it's like if you have a car, what are you complaining about? Right. It ain't like I'm asking you to take the bus out here, you know, out there. (laughs) Give me a break. I mean, and actually, I'd much rather do it in a car than a, I mean, you know, because when I used to work downtown and I would take, uh, take Metra, it's like it would be it was hour on the express train, an hour and a half on the on the local train, and it's just like that ride just used to seem to take forever. Mm-hmm. Like you know, I mean, yeah, you got the convenience of not having you know you can go to sleep if you want to, so on and so forth. But it's just like it just seemed like it was never ending. And then if you know, heaven forbid, if the train got problems or. Um, you know, they get behind or something like that. Cause, I mean, you know, because that affects you. It's like, okay, I already got this long ride, um, and now y'all got issues and stuff. It's like, oof, I, I don't, I do not miss that, not at all. <laughs> oh, come on, it was fun. I do not miss that. I mean, and at least like for me, because I got on at Aurora, which was the, the end of the line. So when it's going into the city, that's, you know, that's like the, the uh, originating stop. So if you get on at Aurora, you're going to get a seat. 
um, so that part was good. So in the mornings, I would, you know, like always have a seat, but the, where I wanted. And then, but like coming home, you know, you got to deal with like the crowds and stuff like that. And, you know, um, and then trying, you know, trying to get a seat where you wanted and, and so on and so forth. It's like, whoo, nope, I don't miss, I don't miss that. <laughs> but I don't miss rush hour traffic at all because um, that used to drive me crazy too. Um because I know I had one consultant assignment in in um it was in Highland Park I mean um in a uh, Lombard right off the Highland Park um exit and so I would get on it usually like at Route 31 and it should only be like 15 20 minute ride and it would take me an hour easily and I'd be trying to figure why is this taking so freaking long no accidents. No police, but it would take an hour, and it's like, oh, this is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. Did you, did you find out why it was taking so long? No, this was every day. Oh, yeah, I found out why Lakeshore Drive slows down at a certain area. That's why I was like, oh, and there's no way to avoid it. I was like, okay, well. And just sit back and relax. I was like, just take it for what it is. And I'm like, people do this every day. I was like, y'all can have it. I'm good. Yeah, it's like, you know, to um, to purposely, um, I mean, you know, sometimes you got to go, where, you know, where the jobs are, and, and that makes sense. But because um, I remember when my friend, uh, the one that moved to Vegas, when when um we met at a at a job and when she um had left there she was staying with her mom on the south side but she would always have jobs like out in Hoffman Estates or Schomburg or Palatine or whatever and she'd be making you know like that old crazy drive out there like you know like every day back and forth and then when she got ready to um get married she she moved out there I mean and it wasn't so much that she was opposed to, to moving out there. But you know when you get kind of um well at first she couldn't she couldn't really afford to, but then you know you got that comfort of living at home, mom ain't charging you rent um you know all your money is yours to do with as you please, all she can do is her phone bill um you know you don't really be wanting to to give that up for you know <laughs> for adulthood right but, you know, but once she did move out because um, her marriage didn't last long. Um, you know, she didn't move back home. She could have to, like, have saved some money, but she was like, uh-uh, I got my taste of, uh, of freedom and independence. Now I'm good. Yeah, that's a thing. That is a thing. That is a thing. Um, no, dude. <laughs> Uh-uh. Yeah. Now, are you are you still doing Uber? Is your car out of, out of commission? Mm, unfortunately, my car's out of my car's been out of commission for the past almost a month now. Oh wow! Yeah. So I have. 
I was like, I have no income coming in at this point. And then I have to have my t- and it, I mean, and it just, you know, and it just shows you, you know, there's it, it's nothing but it's nothing but a test that you have to the trials and stuff that you go through is is not only just life period, but the enemy trying to see what you're gonna do. So I have all my taxes, and I'm like, okay, yeah, you know, all my taxes, and you know, I'm gonna get a refund. I told you I thought the refund was gonna be bigger, but it wasn't. But it would have been enough to, you know, um, help me, you know, do a little stuff to get back on track. Right. And so, uh, what today is Monday, so Saturday, I decided to go and look and see, you know, track my refund. So I come to find out the IRS is like, um, there's something wrong with your your um, taxes. So we're holding your refund until you correct it. So I'm like, okay, no problem. Go tell me why I couldn't get in to the system because I had someone else do my taxes. And so I had email, I had sent them a text message and asked them for the username and passcode that they used. And they gave it to me. And I'm typing it in. I couldn't get in. Did it again. It would not let me in. Then it locked me out. So I'm like, seriously? So now I, instead of probably getting my refund this week, because this week would have been like three weeks, because they said it takes about 21 to 30 days for you to get your refund. So now instead of me getting my refund this week, I won't get it for like another week or two. So I'm just like, wow. I said, okay, Lord. I said, you know what? You know, but, you know, it's like little things like that. It's like I can let it get you know, I should, I can let it get to me or I can just keep moving. So like I said, I see what that means if I just keep moving. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep moving. You know, so I went online and I filled out some more applications, you know, and still no response by email, no response by phone, nothing. And I'm like, Now, what okay. happened with that um, customer service job you were supposed to do at home? The training was supposed to be, what was that, last month or month before? Right. Okay. So, come to find out. Um, it took the, the day that I got the internet on and the phone on. I sh- it was I don't know if it was my it was partly my fault, and I believe it was partly because God was like, no, that's not for you, because right as I put in that I have the internet now, blah blah blah. They responded, and they were like, because of the, um, what's the word, 
because of the um, the mass response for the position, it was first come, first served. And so, therefore, um, because it took so long for me to get everything together, I was bumped out of that spot. Mm. But they were like, we'll, we'll keep you on the board for the next one. So I've been checking that, too, to see if they've had any new um, openings, but nothing's come up yet. So I'm like, okay. But then come to find out, I felt I, I started seeing commercials for that company that I was going to be working for. And I'm like, and, and, it, and it was like I was working deceptively because they were like, we, it was like the commercial was saying, we have lawyers on call, you know, to answer your questions. And I'm like, they ain't that many lawyers in the world that's going to sit up there and just answer the phone. You know, they're going to be, you know, going to court, filing papers, whatever. I said they were going to have people like me answering certain questions that I'm a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I said, so that's why, you know, I said, okay, Lord, so that would have been me working in deception because they're thinking they're talking to a lawyer, but because of all the trading of what's what, and then, you know, but not being true. So I'm like, okay, so that wasn't meant for me. I said, okay, that wasn't meant for me, God. All right, I'm not going to trip. But I'm like, okay, you know. Um, yeah, because even with the, with the prepaid legal, I mean, you know, when you call in, you're speaking to, you know, either a receptionist or a customer service person, whatever. Now, they are probably sitting on the phone all day. Um, but you don't speak to a lawyer immediately. You have to, you know, give them, like, certain information or whatever, and then a lawyer will call you back. Um, exactly. You know, so, yeah, it, you know, ain't no, no lawyer sitting, on the, sitting at a phone bank. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Not to mention right. I mean, different types of, of law. So you couldn't have, you know, even if there was, if there were lawyers, sitting at a phone bank, which, you know, the, the thought is just totally ridiculous. Um, they couldn't answer any, just any question that, that came to them. Right. So mm-hmm. I was just like, huh. I said, okay, well, that, that call, that, that wasn't meant for me. That wasn't going to be, you know, you know, that wasn't going to be right. So I thought, all right. So it's like I'm sitting here like, all right, you know, twiddling my thumbs, like, okay. I said, it's going to get better. It's going to, it has to get better, you know. It's going to get better. I just have to be patient, you know. And so then my sister was like, the UPS is hiring. I was like, okay, well, I don't want to like work for UPS. Not that you know, you know what I mean. It's like, so then I was like, you know what? Whatever. 
I filled out the I filled out the application for UPS. I'm with you. Not to mention, you got to be able to get there. Right. And so she was like, well, but the hours were from like 3 a.m. to 7. Like, something like that, yeah. Yeah. So she was like, we will figure something out. And so I was like, okay, well, you know. And so, um, but yeah, I didn't get a response from that either. And I'm like, I really didn't want to do it, so I'm not heartbroken. Right. But I'm just like, it, it would be nice to get that courtesy email or call or text message or something that says, you know, we've, we've gone another way or something, you know. And I didn't get, I didn't get anything from them either. And then I knew I really didn't want to work for them because I had a um, a young man at church. He was like, um, he, he works for UPS. And he was like, this is you don't want to work for UPS. That's not you. <laughs> I was like, what do you mean it's not me? He's like, you wouldn't be able to handle it. I was like, seriously, you don't want to say it like that. And he was like, some days I can't handle it. So I'm just saying, if I they can't have, handle it. They have up in there like, like at the post office. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like, okay. <laughs> he was like, and he said, hey, you don't make that much money. He said, he was like, you make like 100 and, I think he said 130, 150 a week. And I'm looking at him like, Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because we—I mean, because first of all, you're only working part-time hours, right? Um, and then you know, and then you got taxes, and then you got union dues. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, you know, so you know, not only do you got Uncle Sam, you know, all up in your pocket, you got the union in your pocket also. And so, I mean, and like this time of year, you, you, you know, you'd probably be doing good if you could get 20 hours a week. You know, now start, you know, like in, in November, you know, like around the holidays and stuff, you probably could make, um, you know, some really decent money because you're putting in like extra hours and stuff. But that's, you know, a few months out of the year. That's true. And, then, you know, you also got to be ready for, for the, the, the physicality of it, you know, because you'd probably be either loading trucks or or dealing with the packages on the conveyor belt or whatever, because I think they require you to be able to, like, lift 50 pounds. But that don't mean I want to lift 50 pounds all night. Right, right. And that was one of the requirements. I'm like, I could do 50, you know, eh, for all day, every day. I'm, yeah, um, you know, for four or five hours, no, I ain't really trying. I, I ain't trying to feel that one. Mm-mm. <laughs> Not at all. Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, and then the other thing is too. You know, when you're younger, you have more energy to do stuff like that. Um, and so, you know, if you started out doing that while you were younger, you built up. You know that. that for it. But you know, like at this age. You know, I mean, I know that you're younger than me, but I mean, you know, still, even in your 40s, if you've never had a job that was like real physical like that, to you know, 
to get a job where you're going to be slinging packages around and, and stuff like that for four or five <laughs> hours take its toll on your body. I wake up the next day like, Lord Jesus. Or if you, you know, if you, you know, you sling in that package and turn the wrong way too fast or or something like that and and be feeling something go, "Uh -uh." (laughs) be like, okay, "Okay, Houston, we got a problem. (laughs) Okay. Uh Like, help me, people. I can't move. (laughs) I've twisted and I can't twist back. Exactly. You said you could do it. I thought I could do it too. <laughs> yeah, I could, but if you just needed me to lift once. <laughs> <laughs> One after the other, after the other, after the other. So I said, after we do the, after we do the um, Bible study today. Okay. I said, I think if I was study today, I'll go. And uh, I'll go and check out and see, you know, what's online and go from there, you know. Because I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty much over it now. You know, I'm like, if I said, I I, I want to do one or the other. And so I had, um, I've been noticing, like, there are two mass centers that are, like, close, not close to me, but they have, they're starting to advertise. And I had told Cynthia, my sister, Cynthia, I said, I wanted to get my flyers out. So I know that's why the money is held up, because it's trying to stop me, trying to block me from making that next step. And so I was like, I said, you know what? I still want to make my flyers. I'm still going to make them. And something's going to happen. Something's going to break. But um, I said, I'm going to make my flyers. And um, before the school year is out, because what I wanted to do was get them to the daycares and the um, the, the summer school locations to see if I can get some, you know, see if I get anybody interested and let me come and um, teach math, you know, one day okay. a week. So that they do refresher courses, so it's not like when they go into back to school after the summer, they're not trying to start fresh. They've mm-hmm. been practicing all summer, even if it is one day a week. It's like okay, I remember, you know, I remember how to do that, and they give like them like a leg up or whatever, and do it for reasonable, like five dollars a session, ten dollars a session again. Mm-hmm. Not trying to get, not trying to get rich, but be comfortable and being affordable, you know, and and getting my um my name and stuff out there. So when the school year starts, and I say, 
you know, I'm, you know, I'm open for tutoring, then I would get more a better um, reaction, a response from parents and teachers alike. Mm-hmm. You know, so I said, okay, I'm waiting for. I'm, I'm going to do that definitely because it doesn't take that much to make the copies. But it's just just really aggravating. It's really just aggravating. Because I'm just like, I said, you know what? I said, this is, again, um, you know, I kick, it goes back to obedience. And I saw, you know, like Erica and and, and everybody that, and Lisa and all you guys are, you know, are being told to do stuff, you know, and he's telling you to do it now, do it now. Because mm-hmm. then you're playing catch up, you know, and if you even you do it now, it's it's because everything is already in place. I mean, hindsight is twenty twenty, you know. And like I said before, like if I would have did it when he told me to do it, then I had a van that was paid off. And I would have been Ubering on a van that was paid off, not a van that I needed to make payments on. And everything was was lined up in a better position for me to step into the role that I'm trying to do now. So it's just it's just look at a from his vantage point and not your own and look at how everything is lined up because right now you don't you know, he has everything in place for you. But if you you know, there's like any you know, any window of opportunity it can close and then when you when you're ready to do it, it's more of a struggle. So, you know, I will say that. I will, I will put that out there. No, okay. Child. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and I look at I look at my son. He's just like. You know, he wants to he wants to do so much stuff and I'm like and he wants to do after school activities, you know, and I want him to get be able to get out the house and stuff too. But I'm like, Maybe I can't do it right now. You know. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like he's like, Okay, you know. I'm so glad he's like real easy right now. It's not it's not <laughs> right. He hasn't, he hasn't reached that age yet, you know. So I said, just as long as I can get it together. I mean, but that has, you know, um, that's good in a way for you know for him also because he won't grow up thinking that all he has to do is ask mommy, "Can I have?" and get it. You know, right? True. You know, because we we got too many you know young people that just feel you know like entitled, don't understand what it is to have to you know to work for anything. Um, you know, they just you know demand 
which is, you know, um, amazing to me. But um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when you when you get, you know, kids in fourth and fifth grade, and they got a six hundred dollar phone. I just can't wrap my head around that. Girl, you and me both. I'm like, even in high school, if you got a phone like that, that means you got a part-time job somewhere and you pay for that thing yourself. Because um, even if I was working, I wouldn't have a $600 phone. It just, I just, you know, I don't do that much on my phone where I need to pay that type of money for it. Hello. You know, $600, that, that's a laptop. That's not a phone. Girl. And swear up and down they need it. Swear up and down. Well, they, you know, and but see, that's the, that's the way that we're being conditioned that we need our phones, you know, like for everything. And basically, you know, it it is yet again a tracking device, you know, oh, oh, not only okay. you know like where we are, but but what we're doing, what we're saying. You know, I was talking to my friend on the phone last night, and I know that there was somebody listening on on the um on the call. There was, you know, a couple of times where it got like real staticky. Uh, a couple of times where I heard some noise that I know wasn't on my end, and it wasn't on her end. Um, mm-hmm. You know, so it's like, you know, you got people doing like everything on their phones. They're taking care of their banking information. Um, you know credit cards, you know, the whole nine yards. So that's why when people lose their phone, they freak out because they got so much personal information on it. Exactly. Exactly. And then, like, a lot of the apps, you know, they won't even, um, even though even if the app is free, you can't download it if you, um, if you don't have the location turned on on your phone. And see, I always turn my location off. Don't nobody need to know where I am. <laughs> I'm not married. Like, <laughs> Girl. <laughs> and they think that that is such a convenience. No. No, it's, it really isn't. You know, I mean, if you were if you were married, you know, and trusted your spouse, um, you might be okay with your spouse being able to locate you you know, especially in case of an emergency. But, you know, if I'm downloading a game, the game don't need to know my location where I'm playing the game at for what? Right. I'm playing it. That That's all you need to know. <laughs> See, I thought it was just me. I'm like, so I stopped downloading those games. I'm like, I said, you know what? I said, it's not even that serious. And unfortunately... I will say this, I have, even though I fill out a lot of applications, a lot of applications I just stop filling out because I'm like, why are you asking me to create an account where I've got to set up a name and address and passcode and all this other stuff? I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm uploading my resume. Why do you need all this other stuff for me to... To get a job. To apply, like, through Facebook or something. That's so they can have access to your Facebook account through the back door. Oh, that's fair. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. So oh, they're, they're, they're not exactly a Facebook friend, but if you're, but you have to be logged on to Facebook in order to apply through Facebook. So 
um, you know, their IT techs probably, you know, figured out um, something or other that they would be able to see your Facebook page. Uh-huh. And see, my thing, I mean, you know, because, see, they ended up making it um, illegal for companies to require you to give them access to your Facebook page. Because for a while they were doing it, they were requiring people to give them either the password or they would have them log on to it, like during the interview. And um, I'm like, ain't no way in the world. Because to me, Facebook is just a phone call in writing. And I wouldn't give you permission to bug my phone, so why would I give you permission, you know, to to access my, my Facebook account? What I talk to my friends about ain't none of your business. Right. Unless, unless I'm a public figure, unless you come up with this as I'm a public figure, then that's one thing. But if it says private, that means it's only for my friends and my friends alone. That's that right. Everybody's not looking at what I'm doing. And personally, so, I can, you know, some stuff I could, you know, if you're talking about harming someone at your job or whatever, then I could see, you know, you losing your job for that. But if I'm on Facebook talking about, damn, my boss is such a bitch, you don't have the right to for that, okay? And, and, and I didn't mention your name, okay? I didn't mention your name. I didn't mention the company that I work for, okay? But because you know me and you know where I work or, what, or you're, my, you know, you're my manager, so you know I'm talking about you, um, and so now you want to, um, you know, you want to fire me. And it's like to me um, – Whoever I'm talking to, or just in general, if I post on my page right now, like, oh, my manager is such a bitch, oh, that place just gets on my nerves. But nowhere on my profile or anything do I say the company that I work for, and I didn't mention anyone by name, okay? Uh-huh. So my thing is, how do you know I don't have another job? You know, you assume I'm talking about you because you are a bitch, but uh, oh. that doesn't mean, you know, as far as anyone else recorded is concerned. Recorded call, Pam. Recorded call. Oh, oh yes, right. Recorded call. Um, <laughs> and it's a prayer call. My mistake. Um, but, you know, but the thing is, if you don't sure that I'm talking about you. Right. No, and so, so, so for someone to lose their job for that, um, I just think that that's, that that's inappropriate. If you were out for drinks with your friends and you were complaining about your manager, the manager wouldn't even know about it. Right. Next table. Um, so, you know, I just think that the companies are getting a bit too invasive. And, what you know, and then they even want to um, hold you accountable for what your friends say. So, so now I'm responsible for what other people think? Yeah. Because I mean, they're going by that old adage: "You are the company you keep." Like, but okay, you know what? They, they had already, they had already been they, that. That was coming anyway. I mean, they let, they let us know that that um, that movie called what Minority Report. Yeah, where they were, where they were putting you in jail for crimes that you may possibly commit. Just because of something that was said or done, and, and they were like, "Well, no, just what well, you thought it, so therefore, you know, you're not responsible for that thought." 
And then it's just like, wow. Have you seen that movie before? No, I could I couldn't watch that. I think I I think I have it, but I never watched it. It um because that was cool. um with Will Smith where his identity was taken away from him. Um, you know they made him like like non-existent. I can't think of the name of the movie. Um, but he was like on the run, and they had um you know did all this stuff computer wise, and and um you know, I think, like, taking away his credit and, and just, like, it, that movie scared the mess out of me. I was like, okay. Uh, <laughs> to me, that's a horror movie. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the slasher movies aren't horror movies to me, but that type of stuff, that is a horror movie to me. Yes. You know, there's a new show out that they have on. Um, what channel is that? Oh. I forget what channel it's on. It just happened. I caught it. Um, and at first I thought it was like a, I thought it was uh, like a, a fiction show that is kind of fiction and it's kind of not. It's kind of like the amazing race. Okay. And the whole premise of the show is there are I don't know if it's individuals or couples who are on the run. And the best of the best, as far as tracking people, are they, are, they have so much time in each show to try to find these individual couples. And so they're showing how people are, going off grid and, you know, and how they know how to go into the computer system and find out who your family is and your friends and tracking you and all this other stuff. And I'm like, so y'all just going to put it out there like that, that that's how it's going to be? I was like, no, dude, I'm good. I sound good. And so I said, I, I could only watch. And like you said, it felt like a horror movie. And I'm like, how many people are watching this, like, not understanding that this is where we're going to, you know? And so the um, one of the contestants, I don't know who, at the end of the day, is the last one standing. It's either going to be the hunter or the hunted. If, if the hunted, you know, that's going to get the money at the end of the whole the whole thing. And so they were like, yeah, you know, he gave, he gave us the run for his money, but based on tracking the money that he took from the ATM, the facial recognition and the cameras on the street, and blah, 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 this is how we found him. And I'm just like, yeah. Right. It's it's like and I'm like and I told my sister that it's really strange that all of a sudden they started doing a lot of electrical work between um what is that? Sixty third, all the way out here. I started seeing a lot of electrical trucks. And they were like running new wires and stuff. And I'm like, 
see, I, I ain't got time. Like the kids tell me, I, I don't have the time for foolishness. <laughs> okay. But, yeah, something else. This, this life is about to, life is going to change drastically. And, you know, we have to be ready for it. We definitely got to be ready for it. Well, they are in Europe. I'm trying to think, is it Australia? It's some country in Europe where they have this chip where right now it's voluntary that people can, can get implanted. And it's like, like the size of a grain of rice. And mm-hmm. I think they're putting it in their, their wrist or something like that. And it has, like all, your, like, all your financial information, all your medical information. And so, like, when you go shopping, you just, like, you like can you hand over the thing. Cross the thing or whatever. And I'm just like, nope. Mm-mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-mm. That that's that is like too creepy. Cause see, that's a control mechanism. You don't know what else is in that chip. Exactly. You don't know. Just like apps that you put in your phone that they automatically update. You don't know what can automatically update on that chip once it's embedded in your skin. And people are not thinking about that. Mm-hmm. You know. And so I'm just like, you know, it could be it could be poison in there. Um, so some type of like mind altering thing. You don't know. You don't. You don't know what's in there. But see, the, the, the way that they're appeal and they're appealing to young people. Okay, right. because the young people love it. You know, oh, this is like this is cutting edge. It's modern technology. You know, I wouldn't have to carry around cards anymore. I don't need my purse or my wallet. Mm-hmm. So see, they're thinking about it like that. Like, uh, uh-uh, uh, no. Mm. Mm. But you know, but that's the thing, though, because once they get the, because the younger people are easily, easily into convenience, mm-hmm. you know, and so once they get them online, you know, it kind of pushes everybody else to have to do it because they're the majority, you know, and they're like, well, we're not gonna have two different systems. So we're going to have to streamline. You're going to have to either do this or do that, you know, one or the other, you know. And I'm just like, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah, it's scary, it, you know, where things are headed. Yeah, but, you know, people listen to this kind of conversation and they're like, oh, they're over exaggerating. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then five, and then five years down the line, when it becomes the norm, then you'd be like, oh, I guess they weren't over exaggerating. People didn't think the internet was last. They thought that was just a fad. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right. Um, okay. We are going to 
do just a little bit of Bible study today. And we were just going to, you know, just in case anybody listens to recordings, I mean, everything that we've talked about, though, is important. Um, we're going to bring God into it. So, Miss Ma'am, if you would be so kind as to pray for us. Okay. <clears throat> Father, all the praise and all the glory goes to you forever and ever. I thank you, Father, for this day and for allowing us to be able to enjoy it. Father, I thank you for this call, allowing us a place to come for fellowship and to learn and to share in your word. Father, I pray that anyone who takes the time to call in this morning, that they'll hear something on this call that will help them in their walk with you, Father. Father, we we take a moment to, to say a prayer for those that are going through rough weather in their state, praying for their safety, Father. Father, we say a prayer for the the, the missing children in Washington, D.C., that it seems to be an epidemic of children just, just disappearing. We pray, Father, for their safe return home. Father, we pray for the children, period, across our country that are being uh, attacked, and not just by strangers, but by those that are, that are supposed to love them. The heinous crimes that are being committed against them, Father, we, just, we say a prayer for, the, for these little angels, asking you to, to cover them, Father. because some of them don't have people that are praying for them. So we stand in the gap to pray for these children, Father, to pray for their their safety, for their health and wellness, spirit, soul, and body. Father, we thank you for your unconditional love, for your mercy, and for your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. Okay. Um, All right. So, we are going into Okay. The first five books of the Bible are are basically what the the people of Israel go by. Everything after that are the um the prophets and, and the big prophets and the little prophets, major prophets, minor prophets, the letters that they wrote and things that they did to um and the judges and things like that and, and the actions that they took to be obedient to God. So um, I 
what I want to do and what God is showing me to do is just touch on some of the laws that were put forth um, so we can come out of the first five books of the Bible. Um, Because, you know, really, it goes back to what we spoke on yesterday. You know, everybody has to learn about God on their own. And what I learned as far as going through the first five books of the Bible is, um, just like we spoke about yesterday, where you want your relationship to be with God. You know, how close do you want to be to him? If you want to be real close to him, if you want him to be a friend, your your bestie, your ride or die, then you need to go and look at the first five books for yourself because that's the heart of the whole matter. Everything else is, uh, you know, the examples, the, you know, the example, just like Sam's life is an example. Sam could write a letter, you know, and, and, and attach it to the Bible. It's ongoing. It's an ongoing thing, you know. Um, and so it's like the more people are willing to be transparent on, you know, what their life is like, obeying Christ, you can see that it kind of is reflected in the Word of God already. Because like the Word of God says, there's nothing new under the sun. Same level, you know, different levels, same devil. He he can't really change his tactics or his schemes. It it really all comes out to be the same one-two punch. You know, so it's like you know, he's he's just the antagonist of your story. That being said, um, God gave me Romans 2 to start off with. And um, um It really says off with Romans one. Um, okay, Lord. So we're gonna start off with Romans one. Um and and and, and go from there. Okay. So we're going um from Romans 1, starting at verse 16. Because the thing is, I mean, um, we have to learn what what we're fighting, you know, and 
when you listen to, you know, we talk about it all the time here on the line, where we listen to what they say on in, in the church when they go into the church, and even the churches that are on TV, they don't give you a full picture of the fight that we're doing on a daily basis. And so a lot of people are turning away from the word of God. Um, one of the big things is that's, that's out there now that I see on Facebook from um, the quote-unquote black perspective is how is it we're going to believe in a book that had us found in slavery in America for X amount of years. But at the end of the day, it's not the book that had us enslaved. It's the man behind the book that had us enslaved. And then us ourselves, because we didn't know. They kept us from understanding. And even now, we keep ourselves from understanding, you know, the power that we have in spite of, you know, us being free. We're still enslaved in certain areas of our thinking. And so it inhibits us from doing better than what we're doing, you know. And because we're conditioned to make keep each other in line, if we see somebody else trying to do better, either we degrade them or we bully them or we ostracize them. So, oh, you're being uppity. So now nobody talks to that person because they want to do better for their lives or they're constantly trying to, they wear them down, uh, guilting them into staying like everybody else. Or they bully them and it takes the strength of character of that person to ignore, you know, what is being said and done to continue on, you know, in what is driving them to do better. And so that's the same way with us as Christians. God, to the, the one part that we don't get is it was to the Jew first and then to the Gentile. The only reason why there are those I don't care which one we are, if we're the Jew or the Gentile. I don't care. It, it, it really doesn't matter because at the end of the day, it's the same thing. We are set apart for the pleasure of God, and we have committed ourselves to following him and obeying his word. So, But the thing is, we have to get out of the mentality that one is better than the other. It's really not. Because we're all going to be persecuted for following the Most High God. 
and understanding is only by him and the sacrifice that he made that will be saved. Okay? So um, in Romans 1 and 16, it says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first, and also to the Greek. For therein is the righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. And so the note that comes for just those two verses is like a paragraph. And so, because I have a, um, I have what is called the Reary, Reary, R-Y, R-I-E, Study Bible. And so they're like, a whole bunch of notes and stuff that they have. And so the note for verse 16 states, salvation has three facets. Past salvation from the penalties of sin, present salvation from the power of sin in the daily life, and future salvation from the actual presence of sin. This salvation comes to everyone that believes. We receive and experience it through faith, which is both a sense of the truth of the gospel and genuine confidence in the Savior himself to the Jew first. And it says, um, a chronological priority that Paul followed in his ministry, but that Jewish rejection, the Jews rejected Christ. And God says, you know what? That I'm going to go outside of Israel, outside of the Jews and the, Jew, the people of Jerusalem the people that I set aside, I'm going to go outside of them because they're not accepting me. But I know some people who will. And so that's when it went to us outside of the Jewish customs and everything where he said, so basically to make the Jewish people fall in line, that's how we started receiving the word of God. He said, I'm going to make, basically make the Jewish people jealous. They're going to have to understand that, yes, okay, I gave them the law, but the law was only to be, the law was to be to show them what sin was so that they would do better. So I, I no longer want them to just look like they are trying to live better. I want it to be in their heart where they will do better because they love me, not because it's the sacrifice. You know, it's, it's, my, it's, my, it's my daily sacrifice. No, I want you to obey and have faith in me. So therefore, you willingly, with your whole spirit, soul, and body, 
doing the will of what I want you to do, not just with your lips, but with your whole, with, with everything in agreement with, you know, everything is in agreement to do my will. And so it says here, um, for verse 17, the righteousness of God, the, the restoration of the right relations between man and God, which proceeds from God's gift through his son. From faith to faith, the just shall live by faith. It's from Habakkuk 2 and 4. And it says, Paul is emphasizing that one can be righteous in God's sight only through faith. He who is just through faith shall live now and forever by faith. Believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved. And so that's the biggest thing right there. Your faith. Because even Christ said it to the one with the issue of blood and to the one who was blind, your faith has made you whole. And by faith, they obeyed. Whatever Christ told them to do, he did it. But with the one with the issue of blood, by faith, because she knew if she touched the hem of his garment. So with her whole spirit, soul, and body, she went after Christ for herself. It's an individual thing. It's not a, the your individual obedience adds to the faith in the body of Christ, especially when you're willing to share the experience because that empowers your sister, brother, neighbor, whoever is watching you they see the struggle that you're dealing with, but then they also see the obedience and the faith that you're living by. That ignites something within them to want to go and find God for themselves. And so then it says in verse 18, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, but God has showed it unto them. For the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. So the atheists, the agnostic, all the other religions, even the RC church cannot say that they don't understand or don't know or didn't know the heart of God. Because now God is even in the Old Testament, God said, I no longer want my will on tablets of stone. I will put everything within the heart 
of the people so that they will not have an excuse. It's in it's ingrained in us to do better. He put it he he planted those seeds in us to do better. But now based on what and who you follow will determine will you follow what he's putting you or will you follow what's in the world? You have to set yourself apart because it's only by the renewing of your mind and the 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 rebirth of your spirit to Christ that you're able to really understand. It's not that you don't know, but being willing to do so and follow the edicts of God that is in you to do better. But, you know, man man doesn't look at it like that. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, verse 21, but became vain in their imagination. And their foolish heart was darkened. Professing themselves to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like to corruptible man and to birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things. And so now even, you know, when the um, R.C. Church gained strength, people compare the R.C. Church and say that that is the, that is the face of what a Christian is. Unknowingly or knowingly, um, putting that lie out there because the RC church does not represent God. It does not represent God at all. I don't care what nobody says because they do everything the opposite of what the Word of God teaches. I mean, it's literally, it's, it's just. I, I, I try to tell my son that all the time. I'm like, depending on what you say and how you say it, the arrangement of your words can give you a whole different meaning. So if the, like with math, it's the, it's the biggest thing. So we would say, in old school, we'll say 80 divided by 4. So you know that the number 80 is going to be divided by 4. But he'll say 4 divided by 80. And I look at him and I'm like, that's not right. He was like, yeah, it is. No, that's not right. He said, my, it's right here, 4 divided by 80. He has it written down correctly. But what he's saying is something totally different. So that is what they, they've done with the word of God. They've made God into this image of what man's doctrine, what man wants God to look like, not what God truly looks like. There is no image that can portray God in any way 
No way, no how, because God is not an image. He's God. And he already said what he's made of. He's made of patience. He's made of love. He's made of joy. He's made of peace, humbleness, meekness, all of those things, plus the the fruit of the Spirit, plus the authority that's under him, all these other things. That's what makes God. But man has now turned God into this, this being where they say, well, God is gay or God is not real. He's an imaginary figure for weak-minded people and all this other stuff to make him of none effect, even knowing that there is a God out there, but not wanting to acknowledge him because now they have all of this head knowledge with no spiritual connection. Any questions or comments? No, although I haven't heard the one about God today. Well, well, well. It's it. Good morning, everybody. Um, good morning. The 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 kicker to that is that is this is that when you basically take something that is infallible and make it fallible, that basically is trying to quantify the fact that your flesh is the flesh and it's just going to do what it does versus not having the responsibility to put on the responsibility factor of doing that in which Christ has exemplified. Now, the kicker to that is when you were talking about the different ways that they see God, it is more the fact that they're basically trying to personify the fact that God is going to fit the image that I need him to fit to make whatever I'm doing okay. And that's the issue of where the Bible does not change. It says, I am the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. But we all have some image that is skewed of God because we talked about it last week, especially when Eric was going to our meeting. She said there's some things that we do and we just basically do it knowing the fact that why we're doing them, but we still have an expectation, well, God, help me here. But sometimes when we do these things and we're basically saying that, well, God, here's, here's we'll say God doesn't bless our mess, but yet still we're still in the, in the in impact zone of doing what it is that is our mess and still asking God to forgive us but still bless us at the same time. The Bible says blessings and curses can't come from the same fountain. So because of the fact that they can't come from the same fountain, you can't have an expectation that God is going to bless you in the fact of you just going to church on Sundays and doing it real on Sundays, and Monday through Friday you're raising all kind of hell. So the compromise there is where the people would say, well, this is what God is going to do, this is what he's not going to do. Because I have a friend that um, he, is, um, he has a really decent-sized church, um, he does have an inclusive ministry, and he's one of our friends, that he, um, he, uh, he, he accepts everyone to come in. Now, with that being said, a couple months ago, he made a post about Trump. He says, for all you guys who are out there that are supposedly, and these are his words, supposedly saved, sanctified, and filled with Holy Ghost, you cannot tell me that God allowed Trump to be in office. 
And then he says, you can't, allow, you can't tell me that God is the same God that allowed Mao to kill the Chinese, Hitler to kill the Jews, and um, something else, and, and the same God that allowed cancer to kill people, and AIDS to kill people, and this, that, and the other. And, and I said, you know, I, I, I was prompted in my spirit to ask the question, and I did. I said, well, where do you get this? Because he says, well, God is, is a loving God. He's a caring God. And I said, well, yes, he's loving. Yes, he's caring. But is he not the same God? He says that there should be no other gods before me. I said, is he not the same God that says that I am he that creates peace and also causes calamity? I, the Lord, do these things. He says, yeah, but that's not what he meant. That's where we get into trouble when we justify and basically say that's not what God meant when the word is what it is. Because we have so many people who are so prolific in understanding what these theologians were saying, but they haven't had that experience with God to understand that his word, he says, I am the Lord thy God, not change not. I don't care what your issue is, what your frailty is, what you do. Hello? We're here. Okay. I don't care what you do, when you do it, and how you do it. If it's not what I gave you in the 615 laws and the 66 books and the 10 for your, um, the fire for your neighbor and the fire for you, it's wrong. Mm-hmm. That's where we have to understand that I am the Lord thy God and I change not. Why? Because if you change the 615 laws that are already there that we don't understand and don't know about, the fire for your neighbor and the five for yourself, you, got, you have to ask yourself one question, and one question alone. Why did he come down to die if you're not going to follow the rules? Hello. Why did he come down to say that I am going to give you a body so I can come down and die for you and all of your transgressions if that question alone is null and void because you're going to do what the heck you want to do? Realistically, that's the question. That's the question. Why why did I sacrifice my child for you to run amok and just raise all kind of hell? Because if that was the case, I could have basically agreed with myself when I had nobody else to agree with, and I just could have created something that was going to praise me at all times. Now, you know, now here's the kicker to this. I'm sure there's some rogue animals. I'm sure that there's some animals that don't do what they were created to do. But the one thing I will say is this. Animals have one obligation. Birds chirp. Um, birds chirp. Dogs bark. Um, cats meow. Um, dolphins squeak. They, cre- they do what they were created to do because that's what God created of them to do. Now, if God was so eloquent in the fact of creating them to do something, how different are we to do what we were created to do that we don't do because we have a choice? That's the only thing that animals do not have that we have is a choice. They do whatever they want to do, but everything that they were specifically designed to do, those are the attributes that they give God, and that's how they praise him. Us, on the other hand, we do what we want to do, when we want to do it, how we want to do it, because of the fact that that's just who we are to our nature. But 
we go right back to the same thing I asked earlier. If that had been the case of him having to come down and sacrifice his own son for us, why can't we do anything different than what it is that we're doing? Because we are given the opportunity to have a free will to do what we want to, but when we get in the hell, we want God to get us out of it. But Mm -hmm. God didn't put us in the hell when we made the choice. He didn't put. He didn't make us choose to sleep with anybody. He didn't make us the choice to choose to to be gluttonous. He didn't make us those choices to choose to be like Peter and cuss everybody out when they get on our nerves. And basically, we're gonna go there because they didn't ride on the wrong nerves. He says. He said, "My yoke is easy and my burden is light." So therefore, that the fruits of the spirit are just what they are. Take them as, as they are. It, it, it's just as easy as it is for you to go off, as easy it is is to bite your tongue and not say nothing and, and allow your fruit to produce your works versus you just going off on somebody and then them looking at you like, oh, you ain't saved. Mm-hmm. And it goes back to the same question. What did he come down for if we wasn't going to live right? I'm done. He is a living example. He is a living example. Mm-mm-mm. You had a question, Pam, too? No, I was just, I had just made the comment um, when you were speaking. I hadn't heard anyone say that, that, that Jesus was gay. Oh, yeah. Well, they didn't necessarily say that he was gay, but they do have a gay Bible. No, they said they... <laughs> well, I mean, I don't think they said that, but, it, but, just, but sometimes even the implication of just words mean exactly yeah. what it is because they've implied it versus they just basically said it. Wait yeah. a minute, did you just say that there's a gay Bible? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. <laughs> did you think I was kidding? It's called the Queen's Bible. Yeah. If you could see the look on my face, I'm, 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 okay. Um, she just told you what it was. Yeah, it's called the Queen's Bible. They, they, you know, they did their own translation. You know, they, they are now, and that, and that's the thing. That's the thing. A lot of people don't understand that I, I'm like, uh, I sat back and I was watching the last two years. Once you've taken down the, the, the things that honor God, they have to replace it with something. So they started taking down the Ten Commandments from the schools and the courthouses and, and everything like that because it was offensive. But then they started replacing it with all this other stuff that was antichrist and just like 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 Mark was saying, justifying their foolishness. Right. Well, that's just like um, that's just like I believe it's in Detroit where they took down an actual religious statue and they put up a Baphomet statue. Yeah. I, I think yeah. it's Detroit, I'm not sure. But you're telling me that you now now watch this. You telling me that which was once sacred land 
you're going to put something that is unsacred on the same land and then think that this is the um, this is the, the the America that was supposed to be a, a country that worshipped God and looked to God. Well, how then does it worship God and look to God and you've basically taken God out of everything, but you say this is a country that has turned towards God? No. God is using this time and this season of our lives that we are experiencing for such a time as this. And if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, then therefore I shall heal from heaven and um, hear their prayer, heal their land, I'm mean, hear their prayers and heal their land. Our land will not get healed, and it's going to get worse because yeah. of the fact that we have turned our face opposite from the wall that Hezekiah turned. Yeah. Hezekiah looked and said, "Guys, if it be so, extend me." We have told God that we could care less and give a hell of what He thought that we should be. Why? Because we have allowed everything for all these vain and imagine, um, vain imaginations to exalt itself above that in which we know about God. Yes. Point, point blank. Why? Because we think Beyonce has the next resident savior in her womb. Not so. Yeah. But they will go to a Beyonce concert and pay the Beyonce concert. And then be like, well, the preachers just want money to tell me what I can do and what I can't do. <laughs> but yep. it's the issue there. Why? Because it's that same preacher when you checking out, you're going to say, come pray for me. Because Beyonce ain't coming. She ain't sending her entourage, and she won't even send you a card. Hello, somebody. <laughs> but what she will do is check and see if you're part of the fan club. Yep, her baby church. And the thing of it is, is that even from the, the I mean, and, and she is, people won't, put, people won't say it, but I, I, I don't care if, if the Bay High crew come after me or not. What I will say is this, is that people don't understand that she speaks of revolution just by some of the things that she does. Mm-hmm. The outfits that she wears, the, the the actual fact that she is so, um, what's the word that I'm trying to use? The fact that she is so, um, so anti-everything except what she wants. Like when she goes somewhere, when she does something, she has an expectation to be worshipped. Mm-hmm. And... That is a that is that is a telltale sign of somebody that is trying to personify themselves as a deity. Mm-hmm. Watch this in the um, in the faith, the Hindu faith. There was there was an expectation for. Those same gods in the Hindu faith that had certain possessions and certain certain things that that they get with you that you get if you were to bring them um if you were to bring them um what do you call it where am I calling my Jesus if you bring a, an offering right 
um, if you like, if you bring them an offering, then therefore you get um, to have the experience of them blessing you and giving you X, Y, and Z. But the thing of it is, is that with you giving the deities a blessing, what you're saying is, is that I'm honoring you for the possessions that you are going to bestow upon me because of the fact that I'm giving you this blessing. So the fact that I'm giving you this blessing makes me submit to that in which you desire someone to have because I have already pledged my allegiance to you being a deity. Mm-hmm. That's, as, that's as simple as it is, is that because I'm pledging my form of allegiance to you, you're going to give me something in exchange. Now, that takes the place of praying to God, seeking his face according to his, um, according to his rules pertaining to the scriptures, and you basically giving your sacrifice, which is also an offering, unto mm-hmm. God versus bringing the um, Hindu god, um, Shiva, I believe it is, then you get pregnant. No. But if you're exchanging that in which you know to be the truth with something that you know that somebody else has told you and you have not had the experience for oneself, therein lies the issue of not believing that in which was written as an ancient text that can go back for however far it is because there's a lot of things that really will contradict the fact that God is even who he is. And if you're not strong enough, even the, the Bible says even the, even the strong shall be, shall be fooled and fall. I didn't quote it correctly, but that's exactly what it's saying. But we have to take into consideration that when people subtly say things like Scientology, a lot of the other religions that are just diametrically different from what we believe, they basically put their spin on like, like the Mormons, Jehovah Witnesses. There's nothing wrong with that, and, I, and, I'm, I, and I'm not stepping on anybody's toes. But I'm saying all this to say that their beliefs are somewhat different from how we believe from the Pentecostal perspective. Moses, Joseph Smith, a tablet versus golden tablets. They're similar, but... It's um, and you can have a it's a hundred thousand people that's going in, versus the just in God who are dead shall rise first, and then us who are living shall come afterwards. They're similar, but the Bible says this, and I I, I believe it true to my heart. People have an itching ear to hear. And that basic, that scripture means that their, their ear itches to hear something that is soothing to them, that they don't have to basically follow the rigid, rigid word of God. So basically, I'd rather for you, the, that, this is how the Bible explains it, I'd rather for you to make me out to be a fool 
for me to be a fool and do this and nothing happens. That's truly what it, that's truly what it means, is that I'm going to basically itch, have my ear itch to hear what you're telling me that is wrong so I don't have to do right, and it'd be so hard for me to do right. That's, that, is, that by itself is deadly. Because I want you to, I, I knowingly want you to tell me something that is opposing to what I know to be true about God. If that's not double-minded, I can't tell you what it is. Uh-oh. That's just like my mom tells me to do something. And y'all heard her tell me to do something. And then, because I respect Mother Regina, Mother Regina tells me to do the exact opposite. Where, where, does, my, where does my loyalty lie? With the fact that I respect someone because someone popular has said something or that I know that in which my mom told me was right. That's, that's the key and the kicker right there, is that we don't want to do right. Because doing right, honestly, does one thing. It makes us accountable for the stuff that we already know is wrong. That's all, that's all doing right means, is that I'm making a choice to do what I know I'm supposed to do or to do whatever I feel like doing. And a lot of the times, doing right only gives us an opportunity to show somebody else that they can live and survive and make it by doing that which is right. But because we do wrong, we're doing wrong by um, by showing them that if you don't follow what God says, you can basically get out. You're gonna get out of your free card. He ain't packing them out. He ain't packing them out. It's a whole lot of people. That's how they can get out of here. Ain't they busting? Ain't they? You want to be on my call? Mama, you need to get off my call. Ain't nobody asking for no cosign. Ain't no more straight to heaven when they die. That's the moment that he gave me. But um, <laughs> but no, that that's the thing that they think that um, this is a start, mom. It's just a yeah, thing. That's what I'm saying. Okay. What is that? Mama, you threw me off my game. I was get, I was getting. This ain't monopoly. You don't get to go straight to him. What's your you what's your blood pressure feel? Okay. All right, good day. You talk to me. That's fine. Thank you, mom. All right. See, see that that you know how y'all mamas do throw you off your game, but um, but that's what it is. We we don't we we literally have okay. Jesus, I did not want to go here, but you know what? I got my big boy. I got my big boy pants on today. Oh, okay. Even, even myself. The Bible says that. Well, no. People always say this. When you know better, you do better. That's a lie. That's a lie. 
the reason why I say it's a lie is this. If we know the Bible is the truth, why don't we obey? Because we said if we know better, we do better, right? Right. That's why we keep on walking around the same mulberry bush and asking God to forgive us about something that he already forgave us and told us the plan to use, but we don't use the plan because we like to walk around that mulberry bush. But if we know better, we do better. But it's so hard. That's the thing. That that's well, the kicker. Because Jesus said, "Would you just pray with me for one hour?" Not my soul. <laughs> just one hour. I'm about to die for you. And then he asked them, "How long have you been with me and not knowing me?" I'm about to take this cross for you, and I just ask you to pray one hour with me. Just one hour. That's one hour of your soap opera that you can watch on DVR. Yeah. That's one hour of you being on the phone talking to your girlfriends about everybody else's husband. That's why you don't have one, because you're not sitting on your face and seeking God after the right man versus you just want a man. Hello, church. <clears throat> I told you I was feeling good today because I got my big boy pants on today because I'm going to step on some toes and all I want to hear is ouch. Because why? Time is not just there for free. It's of the essence. The Bible says that for, for, um, for life is a fleeting matter. When it's a substance is no longer there, life is there no more. I don't care how healthy you are. And I tell people this all the time, especially on the hospice unit. Just because they have a diagnosis don't mean that you can't go outside and something happen to you. But they're still supposed to be checking out when they last longer than you. But if we know better, we do better. That's wrong. I honestly would submit to you, when we know better, we do worse. Why? Because we know better to do that which is right, but yet we still do wrong and still desire a different outcome to happen because we know Jesus. Well, Judas knew Jesus and he betrayed him. I mean, but that goes back to the scripture that says, what I would do good, evil was always there. So, since like we've been learning for the past, you know, since like we've been talking for the past several months about the spirit, soul, and body, that's when you know you're not doing good. Well, the Bible also says, um, hold on, Jesus, come on with me. He says something. says something about, I don't want to say ignore because it's not ignore, but it says um, something, to, um, something to devour and he will flee. Resist the devil and something and then he will flee. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, Jesus, where the scripture at in my head? Come on now. You don't resist him. Submit to God, resist the devil, and then he'll flee. Right. But if you don't submit to God, Sam already said it. The 300 of your flesh, the 200 of your, uh, of, of your, um, your, your, your um, body, and 25 of your spirit, how the heck you going to resist him? You ain't got no power, nothing to sustain you, because that which you're feeding all of the other parts of you has more power than what you have given that in which God expects of you to basically have. You ain't resisting. You're not resisting the devil. Because one, God has a formula. Submit to God. Then resist the devil. Then he flees. We can't get the ABCs right. That's why the church has no power. We can't get the ABCs right. That's why the church is basically dying off and going into other places and basically trying different tactics that the world is doing because they're trying to soothe the ear of what um, the people want to hear. I, I know that I do wrong on a regular basis, but I come from the old school where they say holiness is right. My grandma was says it's tight, but it's right. But that's the only thing I had to hold on to. Because she said, when I didn't have nothing else, should I mind? I had Jesus. And she said, when everything that was going wrong for me, I could just hold on to the anchor. We don't have that faith no more. We don't have those desires no more. We basically want, um, we, if you can't give me Jesus in these 90 minutes, that 30 minutes of worship, that 30 minutes of this and that 30 minutes of the word, I ain't coming to your church. Because, listen, that hour and 30 minutes, I could be washing clothes. I could be watching football. I could be going here, going shopping. I could do this. Because if you can't get what I need to get from God in this hour and 30 minutes, I'll see you on the next train because I ain't coming. But sometimes... God just needs a little bit more time. But we have programmed ministries to satisfy peoples and not save souls. Because we have done everything that the world system has said works. And I've always been a proponent of this book, and I've talked about this book plenty of times on this call. The Bible, the book is called Anointed for Business, but it talks about the anointing that one has to have as a leader. And the anointing basically allows you to be led to do that in which God says only because what man says is fallible. And we have to understand, with all of that being said, we are empowered to do right. We are empowered to do better, and it's up to us to make the decision to do right. And we don't. No, we don't. I know better. I do better. But I, because I know, because I'm equipped, 
I even included myself, and I always tell y'all, I don't leave me out. I know I do just as bad when I'm doing wrong, and I know I'm doing wrong. And then I ask, and and and, and I hate it. And I hear myself now sometimes saying, God, if you just get me out of this, I, I promise you. But will he get me out of that? How do I wiggle my way into something else? Because I have not, when Sam was asking those questions, I have not totally surrendered in some areas where I know that I have to basically surrender. Now, there's some things that are working at its optimum, but there's also some things that need a little, a, a, not a little work, a lot of work. It needs a, a touch. But I have to be willing for him to touch me. I have to be willing for him to do these things. I have to be willing for him to 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 use me. I have to be willing for him to basically say, no, son, not this way, but this way. But yet and still, there's an exchange. We talked about it all last week, the sacrifice. How do we expect to raise the dead, heal the sick, signs and miracles, and we're not doing the simple things to give him the understanding that this thorn that I have in my flesh and the process that I'm going through was worth me trusting you, God, to know that everything that you've instilled in me, people will believe because they will see the miraculous works through my hands, but knowing that it was only from you and only the spirit of the Lord that said to do these things. That's where we're not at right now. And that's where we have to get back to if we really want to win this world and win the country and and, and win to the place where we can pray, seek after his faith, turn from our wicked ways, and then we can hear our prayers and heal our land. That's the only way for us to actually have our land healed is we do what he says. Because we've tried it everybody else's way except his. And I believe that's what we're doing right now. We are experiencing the wait. And that's a good way to put it. We are experiencing the wait that he's not going to do nothing until we give him something in exchange because he's given us enough to basically show himself strong to be our God, and we just slap him in the face on a regular basis. And I've always said it when we were on the line in previous years. We've prayed for some things, and then we left it on the altar, and when he doesn't move fast enough, we've taken it back, and that told him by itself that he was not God. God has to be the center of our life in any and everything that we do. I don't care if it's going to the bathroom. I don't care if it's tying our shoes. I don't care whatever it is. He needs to be the center and focus on everything that we do for one simple reason. You might not know it, but the world is looking. The world is looking at us and seeing how we make a decision because they don't have a savior. They don't know what to do right now when all calamity around them is breaking loose and all hell is up. And, and, and they don't know what to do. When the levy is breaking, they don't know who to call on. So they're looking to us to do something different. But the thing of it is is that 
we're not willing to do something different because we don't expect God to basically make us be accountable for the things that we're doing because of the fact that, no, Jesus, I've been doing this all this time, but he still wants to understand, if you've been doing this all this time, why do I have to tell you now that it's wrong versus you doing right because people are looking at you? Because we really don't care that people are looking at us because we're assuming that he's passing a get-out-of-hell-free card. And I just came to tell you that he is fresh out of those cards. I'm done. Anybody else have any questions or comments? Peter Brother and Charlie again. All right, sweetie. Okay. 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 I but you know what? Mark, I uh, listen to you. It's like one of the things that stood out. It's like we, we want to do what we want to do, but we have to, and, and we have to be willing to submit ourselves unto God to give us the strength that we need to stop. Excuse me, but the, the thing is, the thing is, and like you said, we do. We put it on the altar. We take it back. Um, but he already knows. That's that's one of the awesome things I've, you know, that I I was finally able to understand why it's it, it got a little bit easier to submit some things unto him for him to correct in me is because. He let me know I wouldn't be able to do it on my own, you know, and then he's willing to wait out the process. But um, one of the big things that really made me start moving is I had to, um, one of the things, you know, that the, the church, you know, and a lot of the end-time believers and, and things um, was, was how can I say? I had to get out of the end time mindset and understand that I have to stop living like today is my last day, and I think that's that's where we get it wrong. Because the church always it talks about you know the rapture and and you know and when and when Christ comes again and things of that nature, but the thing is daily you know daily somebody leaves this earth you know so i I finally had to get into my mindset like lord am i am i ready for when it's my time to leave, be it through death or through rapture. 
or through your second coming, you know. But death comes first because I could be here today and gone tomorrow. But if if I'm living like there's no tomorrow because everybody's saying, oh, when Christ comes again or when the rapture happens, then no, I'm not ready. Because I'm living like there's no tomorrow. I have to live like there's no tomorrow. So that means today I have to do my best. That means I take it day by day. I mean, that's the one thing that the world gets that we as Christians don't get. God never told us to take a big old chunk and try to fix years and years worth of routine and, you know, issues and circumstances. All he said is take the day take and no do thought your for best tomorrow. for day. <laughs> take no thought for tomorrow. Exactly. So if we do our that. best, so if we do our best today, then that's, that's, then he knows we did our best today. Because our heart says, today, I, and that is always my prayer, like, Lord, I give this day back to you to do with you as you see fit. Let me be able to see the steps that you have ordered before me so that I can do better. Do I always get it? No. But I'm better at doing it on a day by day now than trying to fix all of the mess that I, I, I messed up on previously. And so it's, it's gotten easier for me to to um, look at my temptations and walk by them, except for one. And I'm, work, I'm like, well, you got to work with me on this one. But... Um, <laughs> But you know, with with that being said, Mm -hmm. you just said you just said it right there. God, I've I've allowed you are allowing me to basically look past some of the things. But God, I know what I believe, but help my unbelief because your unbelief is basically saying you you really can't get past this one. But see, one thing he he the Bible says he gave us everything pertaining to life and godliness, and I really truly believe that. And one thing that we are safe are afraid of is fasting. Fasting was a way of life for the old church. When I say it was a way of life for the old church is because they just believed God. And some of those things the Bible says only come out by fasting and praying. That prescription ain't changed. That prescription by that prescription right there ain't changed. We have made it to be like it is null and void. But that prescription right there ain't changed. The reason why it ain't changed is because When you are fasting, you are seeking God and resisting the devil. 
and because you were seeking God and resisting the devil, at that point you were basically allowing yourself the opportunity for your spirit to be heightened and for him to use you. Have you, have you, all of us have fasted at least once upon a time in our lives. And the sacrifice of fasting, okay, it does suck. I get it. I understand. But the manifestation of fasting after you have fasted and you hear God, you see God, and you move, it is just an awesome feeling that you just submitted for whatever that time frame was, and now you see God moving and using you. It, it, it's just like, I, I, I hate to even say it in this fashion. It's, it's, it's like a high, but not a high. I don't want to say it's a high, but it's like a rush that's just like, oh, my God, did y'all just see God? Did y'all just see God? And you ask about where, God, where are you? I can't see you. But if you look in some of your actions and deeds and, and you see him moving because you have done what he said, it is just an awesome experience to basically be like, you know what, God, you just made this task a little bit easier. I can sacrifice something and push the plate back once, once a week. Um, that once a week goes into three times a week. That week goes into... Um, those three days go into a week. That week goes into um, every other week. That every other week goes into the month. That other that month goes into I can sacrifice and, and fast for three months out of the year. And then that fasting for the three months out of the year gives us an ex uh, gives us an understanding that. Now it's not about fasting. Now it's not about doing anything other than the fact of seeking God's face. But now it's easier to sacrifice some of those things because we have laid the groundwork and we are feeding our spirit versus feeding our flesh. Because when you do something for a 21-day gestational period, it then becomes some, I, I don't remember exactly what they say it is, but it becomes habit. So if I fast on a regular basis or I, I pray every day or I, I, I see God's face on a regular basis for whatever the reasoning is, 21 days from there, I get this to be a habit now. There's some things that God desires to be a habit in our life, and we're not willing to give it to him. But I believe once we give it to him, a lot of the things that we have an expectation to see in our life, we will experience because we gave him that time and, and that, that habit of praying and seeking his face, hearing what he says, and speaking it where it gets easier, where the things that we thought were hard were just a test to see if we were going to be faithful, to see if we were going to curse him and die or say, God, for you I live, for you I breathe, and for you I have my being. God, if you tell me 
to do it. You didn't take me to it, not to bring me through it. And I hate cliches, but it's true. He said there's not anything that is good that he will withhold from us. But this is the issue. What are we withholding from him to receive that which is good that he has for us that we have yet to receive? That's what I'm seeking after right now. I'm seeking after that which is good, that those things that he will not withhold. So I'm willing to sacrifice some things that are temporal and satisfactory for me right now in the moment versus pleasing to him in the long run. I'm really, truly ready to just say, God, you know, I do have I do have some issues. I do have some concerns. I, I, I am human. But God, I want you to take this humanity and make it holy. And holy doesn't mean perfect. It means striving to be righteous. It, I mean, not, 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 it doesn't mean, holy doesn't mean perfect. It means to exemplify righteousness. And that's the same thing, striving to be righteous, exemplifying. But the fact of it is is that there are times in our life where we just don't think that what God is doing and giving is enough. But I still have to go back to, like I said before, my grandma would say, holiness is right, and that's all we got. And I've had to experience it for myself to know that God has been true to fashion, and he has held his side of the bargain up and kept his word. It's truly up to us to do the same thing. Or we're going to be back into the same boat again. God, this is what you gave me, and I'm stuck here again. But if you ask him to come save you from the island, and every time he sent a boat, helicopter, hovercraft, you tell him it's not God, he's going to come back and ask you, when I sent those things for you, why didn't you accept them? Because it wasn't you, God. Well, he has sent us a few lifeboats and rafts and other stuff that we have not accepted to be Thank him. you. I just use regular water. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. So now we have to basically accept those things to be what they are those lifeboats and rafts. So what are you going to do with it? Kevin, how much longer do we have? Oh, we got plenty of time. We still got like two and a half hours. Oh, okay. I I never know what, like, the, the... Timeline in. Okay. Okay. So, um, um, and this, and this, this no falls in line with what you just said, uh, Mark, what you've been saying. It says the things that are made, 
um, which is creation, revealed to all men the eternal power and Godhead of the true God, to that the rejection of the truth makes a man without excuse before God. So even though we're doing all of these things, you know, and, and you know, we, we cannot say that there is no God. We cannot. We, but, the, but the difference between us, the, and, that's, and that's that thin line, that, um, that, that Christ let us know. He said narrow is the way. There's that narrow way that we have that regular man does not have. Because even though we're fighting each and every day against our own sins, issues, demons, circumstances, or whatever, we have Christ. We have the Holy Spirit who's, as long as we acknowledge and we show that we have faith, that he will give us the strength that we need, and we work towards our faith in him, and you know, and let him know we have unbelief. He he has something to work with. God lets us know it is where all he's looking for is something in us that's willing and able to be obedient for him to work with. And then with that little bit, he's able to do a lot. If he's first natural, then spiritual. So if he's able to do it with a little bit of bread and fish, how much more so with that mustard seed of faith that you have that he's gonna he's gonna bring you to the actual level and place he needs you to be in him. For him, for you to do what he's called you to do, and for you to get to where you want to be, he can work with a little bit. It's when we just totally, you know, when man just totally lets his mind do its own thing. Like my dad, I love my dad. I have to call him. I haven't talked to him in a minute. But um, like with him. If you find nothing wrong within yourself and you believe that you are perfect in and of yourself and that you don't need a God or the most high God and you don't need a Christ who sacrificed his life, then all this that we do on this line, all that that a true believer does on a daily basis to walk the narrow way, is foolishness to them. It's absolute foolishness. So when when we can't, me and my sister, we don't talk about God with my dad because my dad, he only believes in God on a logical level. But when you try to go into the spiritual level, he does not acknowledge that. He believes everything is about him and what he can do in his own strength. But that's what God wants us to understand. 
we can't do this walk. You know, like you said, we can't do this in our own strength. We're always going to be striving if we're doing it, trying to do it on our own. But in and, you know, letting God reside in us, we reside in God, and we just rest and let him rule in the body, then eventually, eventually, because it's a war, eventually we'll, we'll be able to to stand and see the devil flee. Because a lot of times we don't even know when the devil flees because we're so focused on the battle of trying to do good, you know, but when he, when he flees it's, it's such a relief and a relief because it's like, okay, but it's a, now you go from one battle to another, but that's that's what God says it's going to be. It's going to be one battle to another to another. But if we don't do it, if we don't do it, we let him do it, well, we won't get weary. We won't get weary. But we have to be willing to resist. That's all he tells us to do is resist it. He gives us a way out of all temptation. We just got to take it. Now that's where that's where we get lost at. You know, you know that phone rang right when it should have rang and you didn't answer the phone because you wanted to continue in your mess. You knew that phone was supposed to be your way out. Or but you know you that know. but that's that that's the issue right there and I I wanna say something and y'all gonna run me off this line and I don't care. I'm in <laughs> Alabama and y'all in Chicago and everywhere else. Church folks are the biggest devil worshipers. Uh, I'll give my own self a pat on the back and say, ouch, and it's the truth. Why? Because we love talking about the devil versus saying God. And what you just said was just the truth, is that the church folks, Focus more attention on the devil did this and the devil did that versus how God has taught them the lesson in using the devil to basically be a a, a paper boy. He's delivering an actual assignment. Mm-hmm. It's it's that simple. And I know that it's I, I know that y'all think that I'm cook for Cocoa Plus, but I I will say this and I'll ask this question for everybody on the line, whether you answer or not. Would you want God to do your big issue or your small issue? I want him to do both. <laughs> no, 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 that, that was, no, that was, see, you can't say both. That was not the question. Would you want him to do the biggest issue that you have or the smallest issue that you have? Mm. And both of them at the same time? No, I asked one question. <laughs> Do you want him to get rid of the biggest issue or the smaller one? Pam? All my issues are about the same right now, so. That's not what I asked you. Yeah, I know. 
What's your exactly. biggest? Whatever your whatever. Okay, <laughs> okay. Would you want him to get one? Would you want him to get rid of one, that one major issue? Not all your issues. Just I'm just one or the small ones. But see, the thing is, I mean, that's not a that's not a question that's easy to answer. Though. You know why it's easy every, to answer? Because if mm-hmm. I could believe God to get rid of one, yada my soul. He can get rid of them all. Exactly. So but it's, like, it's in the choosing that we basically will hold on to some stuff that he's already told us to get rid of. See, I can't get no help. <laughs> I know I'm preaching good. I know I'm preaching good over here to myself. I'm making myself happy. I am that same God. That's what he says. But you know what, though? But the thing is, we always, we, but, but, but the way you ask that question, you said we got to choose one. I want him to fix it all. I, but no, the reason, why, the reason why I wanted him to choose one, I wanted you to choose one, is simply, is because if you choose the one, whether it be the big or small, it shows it shows us where our faith is. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. That's why I said which one. Because if you got the faith for him to move the small things, you need to make sure that your faith lines up to what your biggest issue is and believe him to remove that as well. That's why I asked that question. Because a lot of times, we think God moves by where we are versus who he is. That's the word right there. Where and who are two different scenarios. Where we are is never where he is. Who we are is never who he is. We are the embodiment of him, but we, we are not Elohim. But because of who he is, he can make us to be able to withstand where we are, even if it's in the midst of our issue. But where we are is not who he is. He is God, and by, he is God alone and all by himself. To him, there is no other. He's the one that sits high and looks low. So just because he is God, does not mean our issue is bigger than he. He is the same God that can get rid of the issues, but he's also that same God that will allow us to, uh, um, it says to abase and to abound. He's the same God. So if he can do these small things, is he not that same God that's powerful enough to deal with the big things? But yet and still, we want to give him the small things because we know that he can do it, like they say, in a New York minute. But it's this big one, Jesus, that I just got to hold on to. And Pam, I'm not picking on you, but just your response alone, sweetheart, basically says to me, God, I know you could do some things. I know that you could do them all. But all of them are 
the same size to me right now, my encouragement to you is the Bible says, take my yoke upon you, my burden is Burden is easy, and and my yoke and it's and it's light because why? We were not created to contain the wiles and worry of this world. That alone makes us sick. That alone makes us despondent. That alone makes us not who He said that we are because we're taking on the weight of the world, and we weren't created to accept that pressure. I'm not saying don't worry because I have days where I worry. I'm not saying don't fret because there's days I fret. But what I am telling you is is that for all of us, not just Pam, that if we have some things that we truly desire of God to do, First and foremost, we've got to let him do it. Secondly, we can't take it back from him. And thirdly, we have to be able to understand, know, and articulate that God here is where I am in, hell, in need. Because, God, I do believe, but there's a place in Mark that has an unbelief, that I have to be stuck with this thorn all of my life. But God, help my unbelief. Because God, in your word, it says that the man of God fasted and prayed for two years in the house that he rented, where people came and sought after the word of God. And I've said this, this, this same message on this line plenty of times. Paul did not die with a thorn. Some might disagree with me, but the Bible says, he went back to his home, and he preached of the kingdom boldly without hindrance. Okay. The Bible says that he went back to the place that knew him as a crucifier of the brethren, knew him before his name changed, knew him when he basically was just wretched, knew him when he was an utter mess. But it says that he went back to his home, preached of the kingdom boldly. How are you bold and they know all these negative things about you? My God. How are you going to basically have preached without a hindrance if the last time I checked, you had that thorn? Am I in the book? Cynthia, am I, am, I, am I talking about the right scripture? Um, I don't know. It says that he preaches the kingdom boldly without hindrance. And that's what I'm telling us. If we have some issues, we can go to God and have an expectation that he removed those things, that we can stand on his word boldly and say, this was once what my issue was. But I can truly say, that I was lost and I've been found. Because why? We serve a God that can do anything but fail. Failing is not an option for us. 
Is there anybody else on the line? Uh, Erica's on the computer. Okay. Okay. That uh, <laughs> what makes it so interesting. Mark, everything that you said, we're about to go into because we're going perceive, into Romans 24. I don't perceive myself to be a prophet at all. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding, just kidding. That was a joke, y'all. That was a joke because somebody would be like, Mark, you know what? Last week you told us that we all had prophetic gifts, and I don't like the fact that you lied to me. I was just kidding <laughs> because, you know, well, you know, we would we would do that to each other. Okay. Romans one and twenty four says, Wherefore God also gave them up to uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts, to dishonor their own bodies between themselves. So it says that the note says that God gave them up. And Paul is attacking the flagrant idolatry of most of the Gentile world in which animals were considered gods. So that's what they're doing now. There's nothing new under the sun. You're a dog, you're a cat. I mean, I look at TV now, and they have, you know, you're giving your dog and your cat the best food, the best choice meats and the vegetables and all this other stuff. But when it comes to the food that you feed yourself and your kids, it has chemicals in it. So what is that? Idolatry. It says that um, uh, animals were considered gods. Sexual perversion was prevalent. And sin in general was rampant. And this is, this is for the verses between 24 and 32. And so it says... Um, who changed the truth of God into a lie and worshiped and served the creature more than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this cause, God gave them up to vile affections. If you use a spoon before you have that all over everywhere, I'm talking to you. I'm sorry. It's okay. <laughs> Even their women did change the natural use into that which is against nature. 
and likewise also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burned in their own, burned in their lusts one toward another, men with men, working that which unseemly, and receiving in themselves that recompense of their error, which was me. And so I could, we could go into a whole dissertation on that alone because so many different people have read these two verses and have changed the word of God, like Mark had said earlier, to fit into their way of thinking. That's why we have so many different, that's why we have so many different religious, um, I want to say diversities and divergence because of the fact that once somebody didn't agree with one portion of the word and changed it, and that was their anchor. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, what you just read goes into the fact of it being other religions and other gods and other deities. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not that's not what it says. But it basically was talking about being tempted into diverse temptations. Exactly. That's that, that's basically, and, and that goes back to, like, even even truly, we are we are worshiping. Uh, I, I already I already hear the stones being gathered right now. But we are worshiping on a pagan day. The reason why I say as such, when they were worshiping God, when they were about his business, the actual pagans were worshiping the sun god, which would have been now deemed Sunday, where it was a day to worship a god, the god of the sun. So when we started to worship, it was basically to convince us not to worship, convince those not to worship as pagans and worship the Father. Mm-hmm. But even with that being said, we have chosen to worship on a day that truly we don't understand to ourselves why it is that we do these things. That's why I said it's an, it's an important and very essential that we as a people, especially as saved, civilized people, understand history. Because if we don't understand history, we are not doomed to repeat it. Doomed is a question of if. (laughs) So we are sure to repeat it because we don't understand history. I was sitting there in a group full of preachers, and I love doing this, but I feel like a jerk in the end, but I love doing this. And, and it's, it's all Mark, and I don't care if nobody said nothing. I don't even know if it's spirit or not, but I know it's all Mark. I love history. And I ask people all the time, why do y'all still let y'all saints lift up their finger to walk out the building? They say, what do you mean, preacher? Well, why do you let y'all saints walk out this door with their finger up in the air? 
Well, that's basically a sign of respect. I said that's a lie from the pits. Yes, it is. That's what that's what Bishop Nim did, and I said that's why you do it right there. What do you mean? Well, history would tell us that we didn't have churches of our own. And history would tell us that um, we basically did these things because we were taught these things. But just because we were taught them doesn't mean it was right. So history would say the reason why we would walk out of the church building with our finger up to acknowledge the fact that we're leaving is because old Billy Boy was on a horse with a shotgun while we were having church services. And because of the fact that we were still property, Billy Boy was watching out for his boss property to make sure his property didn't go nowhere and came back. And he brought the same amount that left out back in when they were done having service. So your finger being lifted is saying, please, Billy, don't shoot me because I'm coming back because I'm going to go relieve myself in the woods. But how many years later are we doing this? I think at least 51 years ago when slavery was truly abolished, we could have stopped it then. Wow. That's something. (laughs) And I'm not saying we stopped 200 years ago. Hear me. I'm just saying stopped it a century ago. It's quiet on this line. Yeah, it's crazy. I didn't know that one. I didn't know that one. Um, but I, I but that's what the, that's to, what that means. Yeah, I, I did. I did wonder why we kept it up though, because I'm like, everybody's walking. So why do you put your finger up? I don't understand. But to know the history, and, and you're right. Where we. You know, when it comes to, you know, when it comes to history, you know, again, God let us know there's nothing new under the sun. So if we go back and look in the word of God, a lot of what we're going through now has already happened, and it happened again, and it happened again, and it happened again. So it's, it's not that, you know, Oh, it's a surprise. No, it's not a surprise. What it is is it's you got we didn't learn the first time. We didn't learn the second time. We didn't learn the third time. And it it and it goes to whoever controls the book controls the world. When I heard that phrase in the book of Eli with um Denzel Washington, that, yes, God. that one line, even though the whole movie was awesome, that was. one line always stood out. And I'm like, it makes sense. 
who But you know, that, that's the, the issue, mm-hmm. that we won't read the book. That's why we don't control it. Exactly. Exactly. And then on top of that, um, we have to, okay, on top of that, I will say this. We, I, I, I've heard this to be said, and I, I understand the truth behind it. I don't like it. But it says if you don't want a certain particular color of um, being to know something, put it in a book. That's sad. That they're telling you what they're doing to make you dumb, but yet still you want to be dumb because you won't do what they're telling you that they're doing and you won't do it. Put it in a book and y'all black folks won't read it. But black folks right. pick up the book to read it. I mean, I can even say it's not just black folks, but just it's, it's now... Just this generation alone, no, the actual folder, the other folder. Um, This generation alone, if if you, because I was reading somewhere, and they were saying, like, if it's even, even, it it starts up in the 30s and younger, anything over a couple of paragraphs, it's too much for them to hold their attention. Yeah. And I'm like, are you serious right now? So they're like, even with the resume, a resume, they said if the resume is more than one page, it's tossed in the garbage. You know, I remember when books were, you know, one book was 500 pages and you know, and that's how, you know, beginning to end, and once you finish that book, that was it. Now it's like, oh, no, we have to break it down, and we'll give you anywhere between 30 and 80 pages because that's how long we know we can hold your attention. It's like, wow, Really? Well, you know, the thing of it is that when you were talking about the fact of um, uh, when I was talking about history, the other thing is that with history, we have seen how different generations of culture has been trapped by an ideology. And with that being said, the ideology of, like I said, this generation is that it has to be fast. It can't be slow. It has to be able to make it sound good, feel good, act good, and all that stuff, even if it's not good. And... I have to say that I appreciate being in my 30s now with the birthday coming up on Sunday with the idea that 
I learned some stuff from the old church. I like how you slipped and that in. I'm just saying that I'm grateful that I can make it to 38 is all that I was saying. I'm not there yet. <laughs> but I'm saying I am, I, am, I am a little bit closer than I was. But I said that to say that I remember carrying with my grandmother. I laugh at it today, but I didn't want all them stinky breath women that telling me that's not how you call them. Call them. That's what I was saying when I was younger. But now I say, oh, Jesus, you know, I appreciate the fact of having them pray with me so I can seek you for myself. Because now I can't say Jesus of my grandmama, Jesus of Mother Murphy, I can say Jesus for myself. And my grandma would say, well, also, she says, some things can hold you. But it's nothing like calling on Jesus and know he can keep you. And I wouldn't understand some of those things. But because of the fact that I have had an experience with God, I have had the experience of myself. I didn't have to ride on the coattail of somebody else to tell me how he was going to move when he was going to move. I can sense him in my being to know that he is going to show up. And I, 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 I can, I, without a shadow of a doubt, I know I could have that experience. Why? Because I've seen him. I've seen him do it. And that's the thing about the fact that we talk about history and, and the things of knowing the reason why I can know that God shows up and he moves and he does it well is because I have history with him. And, and, I, and I, I, I say this, and I don't, I don't mean no harm to nobody. I just think right now in my times of serving him and being saved, I'm just now getting to know him. And I can honestly say I've got saved at 11, going on 12, in the leap year year. I remember it like it was yesterday, praying, and, and, and the, the old folks would say, you only got the Holy Ghost unless he gave you a vision in the process of you getting tongues. <laughs> am, I, am I telling the truth, Cynthia? You know this is Felicia. That's Felicia. Not I mean, Cynthia. I keep on saying Felicia. I mean, I mean Felicia, but I say Cynthia. I always call them. I call them. I call them. I always call them the opposite name. But in the old church, they in would the ask old you. Church. Yeah. In, in the old church, they ask you if you got start, start speaking tongues. They ask you what you see. <laughs> Didn't they? Yes, they did. I mean, they were I, expecting you to get. The Holy Ghost and everything you at better the same time. You had to see it all. You had to get it all and see it all. And it's just <laughs> like the fact that it, it was just like the idea of people tarrying. Now they said, I ain't going to tarry. I'm just going to ask for it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying he's not going to give it to you. But <laughs> I'm going to tell you what worked for me. I had to tarry. And I had to get a vision in the process. Or the, those old women, 
would say, go back and call them again. <laughs> and, and then if I took too long, they'd say, come back tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they do it? Yeah. Oh. I know. I know they did it. They did it to <laughs> plenty of them. I'm just glad that first say I got this. <laughs> Yeah, that was that was one of them. You better go back and try that again. <laughs> you better go back and try it again. Yeah, you got you come on, you guys, come back and try it again. And the thing of it was, those mothers was waiting on you to come because you sounded like you and you right. rocked and hmm. you moaned hmm. and you did that all during service. <laughs> so that was your Terry. That was your carry, for real. But you know what? But that goes. But that goes to show, though, that even in the midst of somewhere along the way, we lost it. Yes, we did. Because even now, when you listen to. A lot of the churches, it's like raise your hand. You know, repeat that phrase. Yeah, you oh, know, man. and now you're 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 good. And it's like, am I? Are you no? Sure? They believe that they're good because that's what the leader has told them. Exactly. Exactly. But my Bible will say, unless you be born again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's hmm. And that's where we come to verse 28. And it says, and even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge. So what was the, what's the difference between caring for the Holy Ghost and raising your hand for two minutes? And let the minister pray for you. Because if we carry for the Holy Ghost, we were able to retain we're able to retain the knowledge of who God is because it's not in and of ourselves that we're gaining that knowledge. It's through the Holy Ghost. Because Christ even said to was to Paul or Peter, he was like, It wasn't by your knowledge that you know who I am. It was nobody but God that was able to reveal to you that I am his son. Mm. But if if all the minister says is raise your hands and he prays for you either in tongue or by word or prayer, if you're not open to if no Holy Ghost is in is 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 requested, if no in Jesus' name is revealed, then you're not going to retain the knowledge of God. Right. It's not all you're doing is repeating what you're being told, but you're not retaining anything. That is the difference. And I sit back and I look at, you know, the big, you know, the the the, the one church that I will not name, and people love this guy. And I mean. I just, I just can't. I can't. Child, when he starts smiling, it just vexes me, and I change the channel. <laughs> Him and Victoria, you can't smile to get to heaven. Oh, I'm sorry. No. You said we wasn't gonna name the name. I'm so sorry. No. 
No. And I mean, because they start off with this is my this is my Bible. This is my Bible. I believe what it says. I believe it says what I can do. But you really? never say what it says. I but the thing of it is, is that if you say what it says, it's going to offend some people. Right. Then they're going to leave. Right. I can't have you to leave because then if you leave, this corporation leaves and I'm not who this Bible says that I am because I could believe what it says I could do what it says I could do. But what does it say I could do? It says I could, um, I could walk on water, I could tread upon serpents. But that, take, that by itself takes a sacrifice. If you can't get that sacrifice and understand how to do those things, when we, would, would you tell them the joke at the beginning of the service and then you're basically giving a good, feel-good message and you're not talking about the truth? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying what your, your words are not true. I'm not saying that. Because you're preaching, but there again, you're basically telling them the goody boy versus the boogeyman. The goody, but the baddie. What I mean, you're not giving them an example of the fact of everybody is ain't peaches, peaches, and, and, and um, peaches and cream. Because some of them people just go to the church and say that they go to a mega church, but they still go home to no life, no food, no job, on the bus. But you can fit half of the congregation in your house. Yep. Mm. Hold on. No, it's, it's 35 to 40. I'm sorry. 35 to 40. Okay. Hello? I'm here. Yeah. Yeah. But you know the no. but you know what? Um, Felicia, he's not the only one that does it. Oh no. No. Definitely not. Even some ones that when they first came out were very, you know, man, I followed them re- religiously because they were and that and that shows you how easily the elect this that even the the elect Could will, be food. Will, will miss yes, God. because you have the one there was a, there were several that I used to follow religiously and I'm just like now it's 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 like really? So now you're changing what you used to say and now you're saying this. And now you sound more new age than what the word of God is actually saying. You know, and I look at how everybody is very apologetic about the word. Not being apologetic like the um the uh because it is apologetics and they're the ones that go through and they explain what the Word of God is saying. But then you have those who are apologetic about the Word of God. Like, they're not even trying to, they're not, they're apologizing and saying, sorry, this is, you know, God is the God of love. 
we missed it. We misinterpreted it. No. God didn't ask you to 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 re to revise what he said to make folks feel good. You know, he never asked you to apologize for him. You know, that's not your job, you know. But um it says it, that he that God gave them over to a reprobate mind. This is the rest of verse twenty eight, to do those things which are not convenient. Being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding, covenant breakers, without natural affection. Not just not just affection, but natural affection. And that goes to that scripture that says that the heart of man waxes colder every day. And you see it. You see it. It's like you see how they treat the homeless. But, you know, it's deeper than that, though. It's it's way deeper than that. And I don't Mm -hmm. want to be ugly when I say that, but it's way deeper than that. You said natural affections a couple of times. Now, watch this. We also talked about being tempted and pushed to diverse temptations, right? Mm Mm-hmm. You said natural affections, correct? Mm-hmm. A natural affection is to be one with another, right? Mm-hmm. Naturally and physically, being in mm-hmm. a relationship and being married. But you lose your natural proclivities to have something unnatural by basically being one that has to be natural with a porn addiction, but it's unnatural. The unnatural with the fantasies of something other than your husband or someone other than your husband, or with a, a unnatural proclivity to toys. That is unnatural, that is now deemed natural because you said that we have, uh, what, you, what was the word again, unnatural what? And that's what was it? Affection. Unnatural affection. Now, natural would be with what we are sleeping next to. Unnatural mm. would be animals. Mm. Natural, unnatural. These are those diverse temptations. Mm. 
So we that, that makes you right there. She's like, mm. the reason why I say mm is because, but when you listen to the apologetical people, the ones who are inclusive, they're like, we understand, you know, and we're like, and they're like, God still loves you. And this and that and the other, and I'm just like, there's a there's a again that fine line, you know, between what God loves and what God doesn't love. And so when you break it down like that, it's just like, okay, I can see where they're saying God still loves you. But I can't see how they go over the line and say that God accepts what you love when he's already said there's natural and unnatural. That's that thin line that people, you know, you know, that they keep that the church is now crossing because they they've gone over but now that they've gone all the way to the other side and they're not walking that narrow way. Because, yes, God loves all of us. He says, I don't want no, I, my wish, yes, no, I'm probably not wish, but he never wanted any of what he created to go to, to hell. To perish, right, uh-huh. You know, but because of the choices, that are being made. Hell is being enlarged mm-hmm. and the church is helping it because the church is saying, you know what? Yeah, it's that narrow is the way, but, you know, God is the God of love and, you know, he loves you, therefore he's going to love what you love even though it's not natural. And this is where he saying that at. That's not what he said. He said, but if that's what you want, I will let you have that, but you can't come to me. It's as simple as that. You have to now choose you this day which one you're going to want. Do you want me or do you want your unnatural affection? That's good teaching right there. So, you you started it. Says, and, and verse did you say I started it? Yeah, you did. <laughs> oh, that's it says, hilarious. It says, who knowing the judgment of God, knowing the judgment of God, but a lot of ministers are saying that God will not judge us now because we're under grace and mercy. And again, I'm like, where in the word of God does that say that he will still not judge the unjust? Well, the unjust I, have is- I have issues with that from the beginning because of two, 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 two scriptures. If we're under the exemplary fashion of grace and mercy, my question is, is that if we are under the exemplary fashion of grace and mercy, my question to you is, grace means that 
I am doing something unto you that you don't necessarily deserve, correct? Mm-hmm. Mercy means that it's an extension of forgiveness, correct? Mm-hmm. My question is this. If we are just under mercy and grace, why then do we have... No, um, that's not what I'm asking. If we're under mercy and grace, Why do you need an extension of mercy and grace if there is no law? Because if it's just mercy and grace, then that means that we are doing something that is breaking a law. Because if you if I get a if I get pulled over by a police officer he has the option of giving me a warning, giving me a ticket, or taking me to jail. But it's up to him to extend whatever level of punishment or freedom that he wants to allow. So with that being said, what do we... Why do we say it's just mercy and grace? I've never understood that, but I mean, I'm done off my band right now. I'm trying to, I'm trying to understand the question. Okay. If we're only under grace and mercy, grace and mercy is an extension of forgiveness. Because it's an extension of forgiveness, what are we forgiven for if we are not under the law? Okay. Now you get what I'm saying? We have to be under the law and grace and mercy versus just under grace and mercy. But see, but the thing is, that's where, that's, um, that's where the church misses it. Because they state that we're no longer under the law. But I'm like, that's not what Christ said. Christ said, I did not come to abolish the law. But to fulfill it. Exactly. You better preach your face off today, lady. And so I'm like, and that has, and, and, and going back to what you said about church on Sunday, I'm like, where does it say that it was supposed to be changed to Sunday? Who gave, and it said It wasn't that supposed the, to be on Sunday, it was supposed to be on the Sabbath day. Exactly. And so I'm like, the RC church said that we changed it because of what you said about trying to draw the pagans in and blase, blase, but that's not what the word of God said. He said Uh the Sabbath day. And so Uh it's all of these little nuances that we as the church need to go back to. He said go back to your first love. What is the first love? The first love is to obey and know the will of the Father. That's the first love. It's not about the money. It's not about the ties. It's not about how you dress. It's not, it's not about none of that. It's about knowing the will of the Father. 
and knowing who he is and what he wants and what he deems is fit and holy and justified and righteous. And once we know that, everything else will fall in line. But Felicia, we can't do some of the simple things, so I don't understand, I don't understand why you, how you could expect them to fall in line. Watch this. <laughs> I, I, you know, I feel, I feel, I'm feeling you. Listen, I'm feeling myself this morning. I, I see. Um, the Bible says. No, I'm sorry. Not the, well. The Bible does say this. The preachers say this all the time, and it just vexes my soul. Will a man rob God? <laughs> Okay, here, Rob, God, in what, Felicia? <laughs> Come on, Felicia, here, Rob, in what? <laughs> uh, uh, no, I need to put me in that. No. His tithes and his offerings. <laughs> no? No, that's the word. I can't take the word from the word. Right. But what if I don't have no money? Did you forget the scriptures before that he said he will dispatch angels on your behalf for that in which you have given unto the uh, unto the unto the church to see how those things will come back to bless you, but the church can't run on you coming to sweep no floors. The church can't run with you coming to basically check on the sick and shut in. The church can't run if you basically are just given of your time and your talent and that be your 10%. That be your offering. But we're not telling the people that that's their reasonable service. We're telling them if they don't have no money, they don't have no honey. Mm. But that's not what the Bible says. It says I would dispatch angels on your cord. And that which you give unto me. That's not monetary. Because sometimes I I work and sometimes I ain't got no money. And then you want to pray, well, for those who want to give and who have the desire to give, who, who who couldn't give, everybody couldn't give. It's just the point that we put the people in this prediction and this circumstance and then it's like, well... They cheating God. That's why they're not going to get blessed. Mm. How do they get blessed if they ain't got nothing to give to bless? If you started some stuff, yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I, 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 tr- I, I was trying to, I was trying to tread lightly, but I, I, I said this morning I wanted some people to say, "Ouch." <laughs> I did. I wanted them to say, ouch. But that's what the Bible says, does it not? Yeah. Okay. Well, as long as I'm in the book, they can get mad all they want to, but they need to charge it to Jesus. <laughs> all of that. Yeah. I just interpreted what I read, and I thought I, he said, he said, and then he said that it's going to go down bitter. But you have to consume the whole word of God. Yes. 
You just can't make it applicable to the good stuff that's going to happen to you, and there's nothing, the bitter and the sweet. They, it, it, there's, there's, there's always going to have an exchange. The Bible says, if you are willing and obedient, then therefore you shall eat the good of the land. If and then, there is nothing under the, the sun that God has created that does not apply to if and then. Exactly. Anything that we do, it applies to if and then. Everything that we do applies to if and then. There is no one thing that you cannot have the variable of if and then and the outcome. Period. That's it. That's all I got to say. Well, it's not all I got to say. You know I'll come back with something else in a minute, but I'm done. <laughs> all right. Okay. So, man. All right. So, uh, verse 32, the finish of that says, going back to start, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things, so all that was listed, between 28 and 31, all of that, that they which commit such things are worthy of death. Not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. And that's what's going on now. You know, they they are showing their children, they're showing the children how to be as they are. And saying it's right and it's okay, and um, oh, you know, it, you know, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. So come in and join in the parade. Come and join in the um, the concert. You know, I look at some of these dances, and I was telling my daughter, I said. Some of these dances that they're coming up with, they look kind of demonic. And she was like, my night is going too far. I was like, it's kind of strange that all of a sudden these dances have a certain movement to them that when you look at it, 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 don't, it just don't sit well with me. It doesn't sit well with me. And they catch on so fast. Not like the mashed potato and all that stuff we did back in the past, but just the way it's done, it just it's just too much. It's just too much. And and the people, you know, and all the challenges that they had in the past year, like the ice bucket challenge and the fire challenge and the eat the um Eat the cayenne pepper challenge and all these different challenges that they were doing. And it's just like, you, just like you said about the finger, Mark, it's like, where did the challenge come from? And why would you want to do it? Where did, you know, do you even know why you're doing it? But because it looks good or because someone says, I've done it, now I challenge you, you do it. 
that goes to that part. Have pleasure in them that do them. They not only do it, but they have pleasure in seeing somebody else do it. And I remember, this is clear, but my mom said, so if your friend jumped off, you know, the the mountain, would you jump off the mountain too? And I had to think about it. Well, why would I do that? She said, exactly. You need to ask them why. What is it for? You know, but we have been programmed not to ask questions. Just to be followers. I've seen on channel 11 and on channel 20 here in Chicago, and they were showing, and even on, um, you know, 2020, I think, or Dateline, one of them, and they were showing how easily people are programmed to follow the majority. One of the things that they did was they they were um, at a university, and the um, got on the elevator, and they wanted to see how long it took if the person that got on the elevator would go with the majority. So what they had to do was you got, you know, she got in on the um, the first floor, but they came in from, say, the garage. So when they get to the first floor, like, there's already seven or eight people, five to seven people on the elevator, and they're all facing the rear. They're not facing the door. They're just facing the wall. And so the person gets in, and they're looking at everyone else, and then they said by the time, before it either reaches the second or third floor, I think it was like half of them, if not more, turned the way the majority was turned. Because when they asked them why did they turn and face the wall, they was like, I don't know. Everybody else is facing the wall, so I just, you know, I felt out of place, not facing the wall like everybody else, even though I didn't understand why I was facing the wall. I decided to face the wall anyway. But, see, if if I'm about to get on the elevator and it opens and everybody in the elevator is facing the wall and now forward, that elevator can keep going without me. <laughs> I don't need to know why they facing the wall. That that that, that ain't normal. That ain't that's that's not right. Mm-mm, no. See, no. The thing is, you said that. I say the same thing. I'm like, why are they facing the wall? You know. But this is this is what they did. They got on the elevator anyway. There was a couple of people who didn't get on the elevator. Because I wouldn't one... need to know why. That would. <laughs> There was was one who got on the elevator, and they didn't face the front or the back. They put their back up against the wall and just kept an eye. They kept the eye on the people facing the wall and was looking at the numbers, and they asked him why did he get on, you know, why, 
why did he put his back to the wall? And he just said, you know what? I was running late for class. I didn't have time to wait for another elevator. I didn't know what they were looking at, so I made sure I didn't want my back to them, you know. And so it was just, but that's what the mentality is. And people want, we as Christians have to be willing to be that strong. Because at the end of the day, we're going to end up either, it's coming down to the wire now, or we're going to have to choose between being with those who are facing the wall or understanding like you, Pam, maybe I don't want to get on the elevator at all because that makes no sense. And being strong enough to stand on that conviction that you knew what was being done was it made no sense. So, so um, what time is it? It's like eight okay. minutes after eleven. All right. Um, I'm gonna go just a little bit into chapter two, and then we're gonna do prayer because we have um, what like thirty minutes or so. No, we got into 1230. It's just 1230, okay. And it says, therefore, in verse two, chapter 2, verse 1, and, and uh, in my book is titled, The Condemnation of the Moralist, okay? Um, and this is, therefore, you are inexcusable, O oh man. Whosoever you are that judge, for wherein thou judge another, thou you condemn yourself. For you that judge do the same things. But we are sure that the judgment of God is according to truth against them which commit such things. And thinkest you this, O man, that judge them which do such things, and do the same that thou shalt escape the judgment of God. And so this is where we are now. A lot of people are saying, oh, you can't judge me. It's not about judging. That's the thing. If I'm if I see you about to fall off a cliff, but I don't save you, if I don't, if I don't at least warn you, then you fall off the cliff. Some of that's my fault because I didn't warn you. Now, after I warn you and you still fall off the cliff, then that's on you. But if I'm warning you and you're telling me I'm judging you, then how is it that I'm judging you? Do the rest of it. Let's try to get in and go away there. I'm sorry. 
And so that you know, so now they're they use they use this particular verse as a reason not to even warn a brother or sister in Christ or can you check that baby? Make sure that's not thank you. Um they 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 use it as a reason not to even warn a sister or brother that they're about to fall off a cliff. And their whole thing is they shrugged their shoulders and were like, well, you know, oh, well. And that's as far as it goes. It says in verse 4, Oh, despise you the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads to leads you to repentance. So the goodness of God leads you to repentance. So this is letting you know that if you know that God is good, you're going to repent. You're going to stop doing all the stuff that was listed in verses Romans, you know, one twenty eight through thirty one. You will stop all that. Because you you know that you know, knowing that, you know, the goodness of God is you know, he all all that God has done for you, you know, for your life, whatever, you're gonna repent and say, you know what, I need to stop doing this. You would eventually you know, based on his goodness towards you, his grace and mercy, because that's the thing, the acknowledgement of Christ, and I forgot the, the answer to, to Mark's question earlier, the grace and mercy comes through the salvation and faith of Christ, that he lived and he died and he rose again. That's where the grace and mercy is now reinforced. But if you take the salvation of Christ out and why he had to die, which again goes back to the law, which goes back to sin, then then the thing is, grace and mercy is of no effect. You can't keep throwing grace and mercy at people and not tell them about Christ, which tells them about the law, which tells them about God. So it's like all of that's connected, but now the church of today and the RC church is throwing out the baby with the bathwater and saying, don't worry about salvation. Don't worry about the law. It's about God and his grace and mercy. Mm, No, it's more to it than that. Because it says, it says that you can't go to the Father without Christ. But they throw all that out and just say you have grace and mercy. So you just, again, did what God said not to do, and you omitted and deleted part of his word. And it says, but after thy hardness and impenitent heart, 
treasures up unto yourself wrath against the day of wrath and revelation of the righteous judgment of God. And it says God's wrath results when grace is rejected. And again, the grace comes from accepting the reason why Christ had to come. It's all it's all connected. It's all put together. And it says, "Who will render to every man according to his deeds? To them who, by patient continuance and well doing, seek for glory and honor and immortality, eternal life. But unto them that are contentious." And do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, mm, obey unrighteousness, indignation, and wrath, tribulation, and anguish upon every soul of man that doeth evil of the Jew first and also the Gentile. And it says here, it says, Good works do not save, but are evidence of a changed life. And so a lot of things that they're talking about in the RC church and now the mega church is, well, I do good things. I'm a good person, you know. But the thing is, have you accepted Christ? Again, if you throw out Christ and you're just doing good works, then you're just doing good works. But Christ is the answer to all of that. That means that you're not only doing good works in your heart, you're doing good works with the knowledge of who Christ is and you acknowledge that he's the only way. Whereas a lot of people are saying, well, no, there's many ways to God. He said, no. He says in his word, there's only one way, and that's the way of Christ. And it says, um, verse 10, but glory, honor, and peace to every man that works good, to the Jew first, and also to the Gentile. And it says here, and see, this is where the church misses it too. And again, this is why our nation is being hit so hard. Um, it says the the Jewish priority of privilege was also one of responsibility. And the principle of God's judgments are the same for all. So everything that the Jews have done, their example was for the Gentile. And everything that the Gentile does was an example to the Jew. Every Gentile that accepted Christ, there was supposed to be an example to the Jew and vice versa. Because what the Jew did, they did it from the outside. 
what God did with the Gentiles, he did it from the inside, which is what he also wanted to do to the Jew, for the Jewish people. Everything that they did physically, he wanted them to start understanding the spiritual nature behind it. But because they were so stuck on the doctrine of man and not letting their heart get softened to, okay, this is not just about the richness of the law. I need to let this get in my heart because there will be exceptions to the rule that God has given, and he's going to look at my heart and see if I'm understanding when there's an exception to this rule. And so when you look at the life of Christ, that's what he was showing, that there's exceptions to every rule. Like with the Good Samaritan, everybody passed up this dying man on the road because that was unclean. He was considered unclean. But the Good Samaritan, what he did was, even in spite of that man being, quote, unquote, unclean, he knew that charity, the love of God, was somebody needed to help him. He wasn't able to help himself. So if you are so stuck on religious doctrine, my pastor used to call it, you're, you're so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. So you're so heavenly minded about staying clean, but you're going to walk past this man who's in need, then God is like, that's not what you're, that's not what you're supposed to be. That's not how you're supposed to act. And so it says here, It says here, it says, um, for there is no respect to persons with God. For as many as have sinned without the law shall also perish without the law. And as many as have sinned in the law shall be judged by the law. For not the hearers of the law are just before God. But the doers of the law shall be justified. For when the Gentiles, which have not the law, do by nature, by nature, the things contained in the law, these having not the law are law unto themselves, which show the work of the law written in their hearts, their conscience also bearing witness in their thoughts the mean while accusing or else excusing one another. In the day when God shall judge the secrets of men by Jesus Christ according to my gospel. We're going to stop right there. And that's letting us know that the law, that was one of the things that God was saying even in the Old Testament, he was like, I'm going to have the law taken off tables again, not on on tablets of stone, but on the heart of my people will my law be written 
so that they know my heart. My heart to their heart. And so this is saying, either you're going to be judged by the law that you see, you know, that's over in the Old Testament that the Jewish people follow, or you're going to follow that which has been written on the inside of you by nature. Because God said from now on, I'm putting that inside the heart of it so that you're without excuse. You already know there's a moral standard that is already written inside of each and every one of us. The Ten Commandments being written and put out put out in front of everybody's eyes, that's a given. That's already written on the inside of us. But for us to ignore that consciously means that we are fighting against the nature of the God that's trying to reside in us. But it's only when we are renewed based on our salvation, where our spirit comes alive again, that we're able to reconnect even more so to what God wants us to know about the law. And then we love the law because the law is about God, and we love God so much, we are willing and able to obey. But that goes back to what we were talking about yesterday. Everybody is at different levels, excuse me, in their relationship with God. So where one person is trying their best to do all that God has asked, that goes from the tithing to the thou shalt not have no other God to, you know, actually keeping the Sabbath day to all of it. And then you have that one that's like, well, I didn't lie today. I did at least three out of the ten today. Well, you you can't pick and choose. You can't pick and choose, but God is going to judge us either without the law that's written or whatever's in our heart. But either way, we will be judged. And and not down to the last letter, I don't care what the RC Church says, everybody will be judged and everybody is not going to make it into heaven. Um, You know, it hurts my heart that he said that even the atheists will make it in because now you have them thinking that, well, what's the point? I can still not believe and make it in. It's a win-win. Nope, sorry. It's not because the list lets you know what won't make it in. What won't make it in. Hey. And that is our, um, that is the Bible study uh, today. Are there any other questions, comments, concerns? Nope, I'm good. Okay. All right. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Okay.
Um, so we're going to do prayer. Um, I was on. Oh, Lord, you are worthy of all praise. Thank you, Father. Um, I did not know that is a typhoon. We're playing for Queensland, Australia. I'm going to start off with that and then work back to our usual um, list because this is, the earth is groaning. (laughs) The earth is groaning. And, you know, um, there are volcanoes that are just, um, that are going off, that have been dormant for years on end. And now, um, Okay, I'm sorry. Um, there was a there was a volcano uh, over the weekend that erupted. I forget what country it's in, but they were like it's been dormant for years, and all of a sudden it went off. And then I was reading about um, there's a typhoon heading towards Queensland, um, Queensland, Australia. And so um, we have to be very um, we're going to pray for that um, those people and um, there was something else oh yes the severe flooding in Peru um Yeah, I think that was it. I'm trying to, I'm trying to make sure I'm getting them all. Um, yeah, I think that's it. The typhoon in Australia, the flooding in Peru, and the volcano. That erupted. So, um, thank you, Father. Oof. 
Shack. Okay, thank you, Lord. Okay, so Father God, we come right now because of the natural cheese. Well, we just thank you. We thank you. We praise your name because you let those that are yours see the signs, wonders, um, and the warnings that are right before us. So, Father, we come, we pray for those who are in the line of these natural disasters. Sure, but unnatural. Because, Lord, they're happening more and more often, which shows you how the church, I'm sorry, which shows you how the world itself is making the the earth more and more groaning. Groaning and, and crying out and letting us know how far off path we are. So, Father God, we come right now for them in Australia. We come for those who are in California. We come for those who are in Peru and um, also those who are in the way of that volcano. And we just say, watch over and keep them in spite of help them, oh God, as they try to evacuate the people and and keep them from drowning. Lord, there are those who are out doing rescues as we speak, oh God. And we just ask that you will continue to give them the strength that they need to help those who need them. Help those who need them so that um, They will be whole. So either they might have lost, um, either they might have lost their home and their belongings. They still have their life and help them to find you. Help them to find you, even in the midst of everything. And Lord, we ask that you will continue to watch over the four lists that we go through each and every day. I'm not 
aware of the individual names that Sam prays for. <clears throat> but we come for them right now. And we, were, we just say thank you for them. Thank you that they are still striving. Thank you for watching over and keeping them. Thank you for loving on them and holding them up. Thank you, Lord. Can we pray for PSM and TCM Ministries and their friends, members, and several degrees of separation? And Lord, we just thank you for them as well. Thank you for this ministries because without the Lord, we will be I don't know. I really don't want to know. So I just thank you for the man of God that that was willing to be created, you know, willing to be used to create these ministries. I thank you for his willingness to continue to get on every day. I thank you for even giving us the will and to and the do to get up every morning. Oh, God, and give you our time and our talents so that even in spite of, oh, God, we are, because you said we're two or three gathered in the midst, you are there. And so we thank you that every day you show up and you show us you so that we can draw and have a better relationship with you for our good and for your glory. In the name of Yeshua, we pray. Amen. Amen. Is there anybody who wants prayer before we end the call? Uh, I'll take prayer. Okay. Oh, yes, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Okay. All right, Pam, Pam. Um, just like all of us need to, every all of us needs to, let us, um, Let us be mindful and be mindful of what you let your your focus stay on. Be mindful. It's time to put um, yourself on a schedule. And as I minister to you, I minister to myself. It's time to put yourself on a schedule as far as when you lay down, when you get up, you know, uh, and things of that nature. Um, and no longer just, okay, I'm going to stay up until I get tired or I'm going to do this until I can't do it anymore, and things of that nature. Um, just like we do our little kids, 
you know, um, you know, we we put them on a schedule. Like my son, his bedtime is two o'clock. His bedtime is two o'clock, and um, and so it's like we need to do that for ourselves, even if we're not able to um, go to sleep right away. Start putting yourself on a schedule to go to bed. Putting yourself on a schedule on when to put the phone down. Put yourself on a schedule. So, because the thing is, that's pretty much the same thing as fasting. Because you're doing something that you wouldn't normally do. So it's usually you you lay down anywhere between again I'm going to send to your message to myself anywhere between 11 p.m. and 3 a.m. is your bedtime. Okay, you need to pick one, pick ten, pick eleven. Let eleven o'clock be the latest you stay up. At 11 o'clock, you should be laying down. And then give yourself another 30 minutes of of phone time. Or even, I even say, um, if you're going to give yourself an hour of phone time, then make your bedtime 10 o'clock. So you have from 10 o'clock to 11 o'clock to have have your phone on. And then after that, you purposefully put the phone down. It's that kind of thing that needs to be done because now, because at this juncture, we're still letting our bodies rule, knowing that we're tired, knowing that we need to rest, but not giving into it. So, um, you know, Make that because you know the world knows. I always, I always say the difference because they do. They know. They know a lot of things that the church people don't know. Just like the church people know a lot of things the world doesn't know. But because we're learning about spirit, soul, and body, we need to bring them in together. And so, put yourself on a uh, a schedule and watch how things start looking even better and better. And he will give you the strength to do so. You might not be able to do it of your own free will, you know, on your own for a while, but let God know you need help with that and he'll give you help. Lord, this we pray and we give it unto you for her good and for your glory. And it will be a show we pray. Amen. Amen. Anybody else want prayer? Anybody else want prayer? 
All right. There's anybody else on on the uh on the call? Hold on. Uh, well, Erica's on the computer. Alicia? Sorry about that. Did it cut? Did it cut you off? I think it did. I accidentally hung up. It was one of them. It did it to me earlier, just out the blue. It just the call just disconnected. Because <laughs> okay. I was like, okay, it shouldn't. The call shouldn't be over yet. And and when I called back in, you, you know, you were still going from where you know where you were left off when I had uh, got disconnected. I'm like, okay, so it just cut me off. <laughs> But I was saying that, that Erica was on the uh, computer. She might be on the phone now. She didn't know Georgia up here. Yeah. Morning. I am. How are you doing, dear? Oh, I'm doing good, ladies. How are you all? You're okay. Good. How was the uh, memorial service Saturday? It was good. It was good. Okay. They did a very good job. They did a very good job. Okay. Are you going to the one in South Carolina? <laughs> Uh, yes, I'll be leaving tomorrow. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> how are, how are her children doing? They're doing, um, you know, very well considering. They called me a few moments ago uh, to let me know that they went to view her body, you know, picked out her casket, and, you know, her daughter is going to do her hair and her makeup. Oh, okay. You know, so they're there. They're handling things relatively well right okay. now. Well, that's good. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so her daughter had went live the other day. I was like, ooh, she looks like her mama. She does. <laughs> she does, honey. She really does. She act like a two, so. If that's <laughs> any consolation, I said, Jesus. <laughs> Yeah. Like, well, now her daughter's still a minor, right? Yes, her daughter is eight, uh, sixteen. Okay. Is she gonna live with her grandmother? Um, she's gonna finish. Um, I don't know really. I know she's gonna finish the school year out here, and she's gonna stay with her dad to do that. Okay. And depending on how that, you know, turns out, will determine what happens the fall of you know the school year. Okay. How did you get a cold, Miss Erica? Um, I think it's fatigue. Um, okay. Really, I think it's fatigue. I was so outdone yesterday. I, uh, honey, I couldn't even stay awake in a uh, church. I was like, okay, then I got to do something else. So I went home and I was in the bed all day. I slept too. That's that's the sad part. So. Okay. Yeah, and then I'm sure our high pollen level does not help it. I don't have allergies or sinus issues, or I haven't had any before now. So, 
Yes. All right. So we're going to pray for you. We appreciate it. Because how long were you going back and forth? Oh, the whole time. Okay. I guess she was hospitalized and including hospice slightly, about a little over a month. Okay. And you you hadn't really stopped even after you had your surgery. Right. Not really. I haven't. Yeah, because you're hard-headed. You were supposed to, but you being you. Well, I stayed at home for two weeks. Uh-huh. After my surgery. Did you do it? Okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's hard to sit still when, you know, mm-hmm. when you have stuff to do. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh. Sound like you're talking to Sam, doesn't it? Oh, my yeah. God. Because they're such good friends. They understand each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sit still. What you mean, sit still? Because when she I mean, took two weeks off, I could see her sitting there, like, with the, trying to get that innocent look on her face. But I took two weeks off. <laughs> <laughs> and then I went on a cruise. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Oh, you're funny. Hold on one second. I did, honey. I needed I needed the cruise and everything else. Yeah, I'm in, I'm like, okay, I, I feel left out. It's like uh Lisa's out of town, Morgan went out of town for spring break, even Sam went away for the weekend. I'm like, okay, now that's messed up. Sam has gone away. It's like, okay, this is just sad. And you already know if he's taking a break, he's like, oh, Lord, is the world coming to an end or what? Okay. <laughs> because I just be trying to get him to go fishing once a month, and it's like, you would think mm-hmm. I was going to out. Mm-hmm. And I spoke to him for a brief moment. Um, He called me a couple of times to check on I honey, my phone rang so much since Thursday, I just, I was like, look, I just, I left it in the car most of the time. I said, I'm not, I don't even want to look at it no more. <laughs> I turned the ring off and it buzzed and vibrated. I said, oh, no, I'm good. I'm tired. <laughs> well, people posted nice tributes on her page. It was really nice. It was really nice. <clears throat> It was really nice, and one of the guys went to school with us. He's a, a famous comedian, and he was there. And, honey, I think he, you know, it, he lightened it up for quite a few people. Okay. Yeah. He really, he really did. He was a mess. But so it turned out very well. Um, they did her due diligence. They really did. Her church really stepped up. 
Okay. And they made it so easy for her mom and her kids. Um, oh, her good. mom didn't have to do anything. I mean, they went and bought the kids something to wear for the memorial and for the service. Okay. They put the program together. for. They were the one who were very instrumental in doing the memorial. And, um, yeah, it was, it was, it was good. It was really good. She, she, it would have been right down her alley. Okay. And they were, um, he brought her pastor to tears. I said, well. (laughs) So, um, it was, it was really good. It was necessary. Because every and I mean everything happened so quick, right? So, quick work, quick work. Oh, thank you, Lord. She called me in the spirit before she passed. Okay. He did, and I was like, um, I was, I had gotten home about midnight Wednesday, and um, I had taken a shower and got in the bed, because I knew if I didn't take a shower, I wasn't going to rest. However long I may have, you know, whatever Mm -hmm. length it would have been, I wouldn't have rested. And so I got, I went to bed, and it was about, I, well, I had a vision of her wrestling, you know, not actually wrestling, but being agitated and aggravated in her bed, you know, like she was shaking in her bed, like she was intentionally shaking the bed, like holding the rails and shaking it. Mm. And I, and I woke up, and I woke up praying in the spirit immediately, and and so as I calmed down, I, I guess I was going back to sleep. And then I heard her call my name real loud. And my eyes popped open again. And I said, okay, Lord, I'm, I know I'm not going back to sleep now. And I immediately called her mother. And when I reached for my phone, it was 4.36 a.m. And her, this was, out of all nights, this was the first and the only night anybody has ever spent the night with her because it was either going to be me or her mother, you know, okay. other, you know. And um, I called her mom, and I could tell that she was alert, you know, had been awake when I, you know, mm-hmm. when she answered. And I said, how is she? And she said, Erica, she's not good. She's been agitated since about 4 o'clock this morning. And I said, her spirit woke me up. And um, she said, well, it's not going to be long because of the way she was breathing. And I took a deep breath, and I said, well, she called my name, and um, that's why I called you. I said, well, I'm getting ready to get up, and I'm going to be on my way. And, you know, that's when I heard the tears in her voice, and she said, so she called you, huh? I said, yeah. And so I got off the phone. I took a quick shower, and I was, you know, probably halfway there when her daughter called me and said, Auntie Erica, Mama passed away. How far was the hospice from you? Oh, it was about a good, it was about a good 35 minutes. Okay. But she passed away at 4.50. They pronounced her dead at 4.50. Wow. 
So, you know, when I look back at the time when I called her mom, um, that was her calling me and telling me, you know, that she was leaving. So I was like, well, Lord, you know you can show sure enough do yourself, son. Okay. So, <clears throat> and, uh, I, you know, I proceeded to go, and when I got there, I just, you know, went in and held her hand and prayed, and I was there until they came and, you know, removed her body. So. It's interesting how some people don't want to be alone when they when they die, and then some people do. Yeah, and she didn't want to be, you know, in any other night, which was so interesting <clears throat> because she was mm, – admitted in hospice on Tuesday, Wednesday morning, because every morning I would call, either call her or her mom to check on her. And when I called Wednesday morning, her mom, you know, said that Marie was so agitated, aggravated, she was pissed, she didn't want to be at the hospice. She was saying how they were mean to her, they were mistreating her. And um, she said that this was one of the staff there, uh, told her over the night that um, they were just, you know, they were doing, their job was to make her comfortable until her demise. Oh. And so that aggravate that, you know, really pissed me off. Her mother was just totally somewhere else, and her mom had to go <clears throat> to South Carolina Wednesday. So I told her I would do it, you know, manipulate my schedule to do whatever I need to do to, you know, um, get to hot get to the hospice, and you know, some of her church members would be there with her, you know, until I got there. <clears throat> and her mom went ahead and went to uh, went to South Carolina. Of course, it was a turnaround trip, and um, it it was just so interesting. It was really interesting. I I, I will stay at the word interesting for a while. Uh, because to me that is just, you know, <clears throat> it's so many different adjectives that I can think of, but I think interesting is safe right now or is the best word that I could come up with. And when I walked into hospice, she immediately, you know, knew who I was because she spent a lot of time at that during these last couple of days with her eyes closed for the most part. And so as a person, you know, entered her room, she would open her eyes be attentive and aware. She was cognizant the entire time. And when I walked in, she looked at me. She said, that's my best friend. And her church members was like, oh, so you were best friend. We heard so much about you. You know, I introduced myself, and we were just talking. And um, that entire time, she I could tell that she didn't want to be alone because her mom was, you know, she knew that her mom was traveling. <laughs> And she was holding uh, one of her church members' hand the entire time. She wouldn't, you know, she would not let them let her hand go if, whether it was her or whoever was holding her hand, if they, you know, lost that contact, her thing was hand, hand. And so they Mm -hmm. held hand. And uh, then she had a person standing in front of her. They were fanning her. So her internal heater was doing something. You know, and um, she, you know, and I, I could tell that she was transitioning, 
Um, and she was just, you know, dealing with the pain. She wouldn't let the staff do anything. She wouldn't let them touch her or anything. And I had to pretty much plead with her because I could tell she was in pain to let them give her some meds. And um, and I had to just, you know, comfort her by telling her that I wasn't going to leave her. And uh, <clears throat> I t- convinced her to let them give her some pain meds. And the only thing they were giving her was liquid morphine. So I knew it was it had, you know, transitioned mm-hmm. to something totally different. And um, I told her, I was like, roommate, I got you. I'm not going to leave you by yourself, you know. Just let them give you something to help comfort you a little bit. And uh, she let them give her something. And, you know, when her mom came in, she crossed her fingers. And, I, you know, I just paid attention to a lot of stuff. And so for her, I read that as a sign that she was, you know, grateful that her mom had come back and, you know, we were safe travels and she was able to see her. And um, she held my hand for the remainder of the time that I was there. And we talked, you know, through her pain. She cussed me out. <laughs> we laughed. Um, her mom, uh, I was holding her hand. Her daughter was holding her other hand. And her mom was massaging her legs and she was just very pleased and you know, talked about how good it felt, and she was sweating, and I would wipe her brow, and she was like, thank you. I said, you're welcome, roommate. And, you know, she was getting a massage, and I said, ooh, look, you just got everybody, you know, um, pampering you. And I said, the way you talk about this massage, maybe I need to, you know, get one when they finish with you. And she looked at me, and she said, she did. I said, roommate. And then, you know, when I guess when it came to her, she looked at me. She said, oh, I'm sorry. I love you. I said, I love you, too. (laughs) And, you know, she proceeded. I said, girl, I said, I see you don't want to share your massage. And she opened her eyes and she looked at me. And she said, but I love you. I said, roommate, I love you, too. And so I made sure I told her how much she meant to me. And she said she knew. And, you know, I stayed there till um, probably 11 because I got home about almost midnight. Okay. And, um, her, and her mom said that um, she... She knew, you know, what she was, you know, dealing with, uh, probably way more than <coughs> she allowed other people to know. But, um, yeah, I was good until they came to get her body. I was, you know, that was, I guess, the reality of it for me. So, mm-hmm. it, was, it was just a, I still stand in the position, you know, God reveals things to me daily. But I still stand in the position, okay, God, why do you have me, you know, why did you have me witnessing this and all of that? But it's pretty, you know. But he didn't have you witness her taking her last breath. Yeah, he didn't have me witness that. 
He did not. He did not.
and they're just like bawling and they're, you know, re-traumatized. Right. But it wasn't a, a traumatizing moment because everyone was at peace with what was going on. Everyone was at peace. So, you know, not anyone else who has to go through that will understand that it does not have to be traumatic. It does not have to be, you know, weighty. It can be where you let that person know that you love them, you know, and it's that back and forth and things like that. And so um, that's why, you know, um, and I I tell Sam all the time, I appreciate when you share. When when you share is very like concise and giving the information and it's not uh there's enough emotionalism going on in the world. You know, that just just overly dramatic, overdo like my daughter says, just overdoing it, doing three much. Yes, <laughs> you know, but you know, but it's like to have somebody um, share something like you went through and not be like all mystical and and then the spirit of the Lord came into the room and it's like okay, you know, just. Okay. <laughs> so um, I appreciate that. I appreciate it a whole lot. Um, and also, it has strengthened you because part of what your business will be about is what you went through. And you you experience that with someone that is the closest to you as a family member could be. And so now if you ever have to do it again based on your business or on a personal note, it will not be jarring. You will know that um, what the process is, you will know what, because um, you're so detailed about the actions and about where this person, you will know who needs to be in that room and who does not need to be in a room. You'll know how to move people around in such a way where they will be exactly where they need to be and where they don't need to be to make that person comfortable. So, um, Lord, we just thank you for this woman of God and all of her experiences from as she was growing up even until this age, oh God because you are leading her into a ministry where her strength 
excuse me, in you and in her experiences will be needed and needed to be drawn upon. Lord, we ask that you will strengthen her. Um, oh, I was just going to take my time. Her health, strengthen her immunity to whatever is around her, strengthen her body, her spirit, and her soul, oh God. You know, her her system is weakened because of all the stress of the constant going. But, Lord, you can rejuvenate and renew and revitalize her. And we speak that over right now from molecule to skin, oh, God. Go through and heal, sweep through with your Holy Spirit. Oh, Lord, when she goes home today, let her rest. And let your rest, let your rest come in. And let her be able to settle and give her comfort, oh, God, so that she can wake up revitalized and refreshed. We ask, oh, God, that you will just keep her in her traveling mercy. Keep her on the in her mental state, in her emotional state, shore her up where there's any weakness or God be her strength, where comfort is needed, or you know where her comfort is needed. Lord, we thank you that she was the pillar that was needed as they did the memorial service and the home going for Maria. And, Lord, you know what she needs more than ever. Let help her to receive it and fill it for her good and for your glory. By the righteousness of Christ, we come. Amen. 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 Anybody else want prayer? <clears throat> It's just us on. It's just us on. All right, then. That being said, I appreciate, again, the way everybody comes in with the Bible study on Monday, taking the time out to go through the Bible with me as we learn about God. And that is the conclusion of the Bible study today. So if one of you ladies would please pray us out, we will do that. Okay. All right. Have such a great day, ladies. You too. I will. Okay. Um, did you want me to uh, pray us out, uh, Felicia? Okay. Yes, please. Okay. Um, Father, we thank you for the Bible study this morning, for all of those who participated. Just praying, Father, that everyone that was on the call today, for however long that they heard something that, that helped them, and that will help them in their week ahead and in their walk with you, Father. We thank Felicia for being obedient and getting up this morning and conducting the call when she was thinking twice about it and and possibly canceling the call, but but she did as she was required to do, and she went ahead and, and conducted the call, and we just thank you, Father. We thank you that she 
stepped up and led the, the church call yesterday, and that she's going to step up and lead the prayer call tomorrow as Brother Sam has taken a few much-needed days off. We pray for for his safety and traveling mercies while he's enjoying a few days of R&R. And, Father, we just we thank you for the blessings that are on their way to Felicia as she is continuing to to listen to you, Father, and to do her best to walk the steps that you want her to walk. Father, we thank you for your unconditional love, your mercy, and your grace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. 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 You guys have a blessed day. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, okay. everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.